What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, I think we're going to get started here. Uh, welcome, everybody, to the Liberty Ballers 2021 NBA Draft live stream. We'll also be coming out as an episode of the Talking About podcast. I am your host, as always, Daniel Olinger, joined by Sean Kennedy and joined by Dan Volpone, joined by Steve Littman, joined by Harrison Grimm, joined by Adio Royster, joined by Tom West. We'll probably be joined by more Liberty Ballers staffers later tonight. Uh, guys, it's been a busy day in the NBA. Uh, Sean, you want to get us started with some of the trades that have been going on? Yeah, thanks, Dan. I'm excited to talk the draft tonight with uh, everybody here and with all our, uh, I guess we call them viewers now on the live stream. And uh, yeah, a big news was Westbrook heading to LA. That trade still will be finalized um, sometime around the moratorium. But uh, yeah, Russ and LeBron and AD for in the new Space Jam 3 out there in, uh, in Hollywood. God. It's going to be interesting to see if uh, Ross shooting 30% from three will actually help that LA offense. I'm skeptical, but hey, they're taking a swing. Um, we got the Ricky Rubio trade and the big Mason Plumley deal, which also went down already. Um, but yeah, like Sixers wise, excited to wait a couple hours to see which veteran wing they wing or guard they trade for with the 28th overall pick. So yeah, happy yeah. to have everybody on board. Yeah, I think something, I guess, while we're waiting here for what will most likely be the selection of Cade Cunningham with the first overall pick by the Detroit Pistons, we can go around and get people's kind of reactions to the Russell Westbrook news. Uh, how about, Tom, we, let's start with you. Uh, kind of what, just what do you think about everything that's gone down with that? It's, uh, yeah, we started talking about this briefly just before we went live. It's a bit uh, confusing for me. I mean, I get the Lakers wanting to go for the talent play, but I can't say I love the idea of adding another guy in Westbrook who needs the ball a lot uh, to be successful, can't space the floor well. Um, and yeah, at this point of his career, like you do worry about him, you know, further down the line with how much he relies on his athleticism, you know, without the shooting there next to LeBron and Anthony Davis, I don't love the fit, but you know, I'm, I'm happy to see them try it. Like LeBron has made a lot of, different kinds of rosters work in the past. Um, so you always have to give LeBron that sort of edge. But yeah, I don't love it for the Lakers, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. <laughs> uh, how about Dan? Let's go to you. What do you think of the trade? I know you have a lot of trade thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I kind of get it. Like, you know, from the perspective of like, let's just get as much talent as we can LeBron tends to make it work with talented guys um, because, you know, he's, he's just that great. Um, 
I get it being worth the shit. They might not have had enough this year. Um, so from that perspective, you know, from the guys available who they could actually put together a real offer for, don't hate it. Um, I agree that the, the, like with the consensus of basically everyone, that the, the fit is weird. Um, and I've really never been a big Russ guy, especially lately. I think he's, you know, struggled a lot, you know, everything besides the last basically month of the regular season this year. Uh, I think he struggled uh, and takes some, some pretty questionable shots. So um, we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I get making the talent play. Uh, I just also agree that, you know, things will probably have to be figured out and there's definitely no guarantee that they are figured out. The fit is weird. And Russ at this point is basically just like, you know, a really talented, really weird player. So it's kind of exciting. Uh, my first reaction was like, does that mean Beal's available? And I thought it did. And then immediately it was reported that it didn't. So yeah, I, you know, I saw you tweet, whatever. I saw you tweet in anger that it didn't mean that Brad Beal was available. Yeah, what the heck is that, dude? Come on. <laughs> uh, does anyone else have any strong Russell Westbrook thoughts? Uh, my my Russell Westbrook thoughts are long documented on both social media and Liberty Ballers. I I am not a fan of the fit. It makes no sense. If you have LeBron James, why do you need another guard that needs the ball to really put his stamp on anything? Do we really think that Russell Westbrook is going to turn into this like 35% off ball shooter? No. So why even do that? What is the point of making this trade for LA? I mean, it's probably just objectively they wanted more talent. Uh, that's about all there is. Uh, I mean, the most interesting piece to me is I think Contavious Caldwell Pope is very good. Um, I actually like, because when they were talking about the trades, I think it was someone asked me like a, like Contavious Caldwell Pope, if he like gets moved again, like could the Sixers like potentially get him or something? Like I would, they could get KCP. I would love that. That's not happening. But, um, You're just like, determined to die on that KCP hill, aren't you? Well, he's a, he's guy, a really good two eye wing. Yeah, he's a great. He's a good player. He, he defends mm. very well at attack, and like he has like good recovery skills. And then just shooting wise, he's not just a. He's a good shooter, and more importantly, he's like a versatile shooter who comes off a lot of different types of movement. Can kind of like dribble in the little pull ups. I mean. Basically, at this point, like you could play a lineup of like KCP, Danny Green, uh, you put Tobias and Embiid out there, probably whoever else you're you have enough shooting and your defense is going to be fantastic. Obviously, there's probably other problems that lineup, but I mean, the, the dude's very good. Uh, heck, I mean, while it's obviously probably about as bad as a third best player on the NBA championship team can get, he was the third best player on the 2020 like, <laughs> like obviously, that's because the two best players on his team were very 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 good but he was the third best player on the 2020 lakers wow as we have a real quick um we have a report from jake fisher who uh made some waves to uh this week on on the uh what do we call it adio the uh vox media podcast the vox media podcast (laughs) network all right perfect so uh jake fisher says cleveland continues to gauge trade interest for the number three pick according to league sources Evan Mobley remains a prize target for several teams lower in the top 10. So that's something to keep an eye on. Yeah. I know first. So my dad is a big Cavs fan. Um, 
he said if they trade out of Mobley, that he's going to be very, very sad. So I'm going to just ask the Cavs don't do that. I but, would be too. Why are you going to? Why are you trading away the opportunity to select Evan Mobley, Cleveland? Do something right on draft night for once. Think, uh, we've had some more people join us. Uh, Tyler, Emily, you want to introduce yourselves with uh, how you guys happen on the stream now? What's up, everyone? How you doing? <laughs> Um, I'm still technically working, so I'm probably gonna be a little bit quiet for the next half hour. Are you on the uh, Are you on the MLB Network clock right now? I am. I am. But wow. My my game I was covering is uh is done, so I'm just doing like, some extra work. But uh, so yeah, still still on the clock for the moment. But uh, yeah, happy to be here. Look at Tyler, always grinding. I mean, the work ethic is insane. <laughs> um hi hi i'm also here i'm not working but i just got done working luna's here too yeah yes uh, so she was bound to make an appearance and i'm excited i made signs so i'm ready for the pitch i think we can start with this now because i'm like if Cade cunningham doesn't go one it would be a shock um so well i'll ask the gastro blues crew here is Cade cunningham handsome or not handsome it's all up to you (laughs) I think um, he's handsome. Yeah, I was going to say you're going to have to wait until the pick is made to find out, but we can give a spoiler. That's fine. Um, I will, I do, I, I'm monitoring the uh, comments on YouTube. We're obviously streaming live on YouTube. I wanted to uh, respond. Uh, Mert on YouTube said, hi from Turkey. We are cheering for Alperin Sengun tonight. Uh, I don't know who that is, but Dan yes. agree. Very much agree. Um, shout out, shout uh, out to Tim. I think much- he's good, right? Uh, he's very divisive. Um, some people think he's awesome. Others are like, don't pick him at certain places. Uh, like, so I'll just say I've seen now Kevin Pelton does a pure statistical model that for his big board on ESPN that he admits like would not be like his big boards, just purely on like box scores and statistics. You like, or like sort of like impact metrics if you added up this one is and Sengun ranked at one shit I think it's Shangun or Sengun please correct me if I'm saying it wrong if anyone in the chat does but um he ranked at number one because he won MVP of the Turkish League uh very good although there was some I don't know I know I forget the specifics of it but um the Turkish League was like arguments that like it was like a little watered down this year due to like COVID restrictions like certain players couldn't play that would usually play in it but yeah he's like a very skilled post-up center a ton of moves, really good touch, smart passer. Um, the big concern, as you can imagine, why he divides people. Um, defense is an issue. Um, you set him in a, you have him come up high in a pick and roll, and he can't. He struggles to keep really good drivers in front of him. Just not super quick, and it's just where you get the divide. Is like um, some people saying, well, he's skilled enough at this to kind of justify it, but defensively, he's too challenged to do this. And I see Dan raising a finger. What is it, Dan? I just want to uh, bring up a couple pieces of news. We have uh, officially Cade going first to the Pistons. Uh, that's from 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 Shams. And then we have, you know, a good aggregator here. The, uh, the NBA Central on Twitter uh, aggregating Mike A. Scotto saying that <laughs> Spencer Dinwiddie reportedly believes a big three of Beal, Hachimura, and Dinwiddie has potential to become a playoff team. Dinwiddie also is confident he can help recruit players to Washington. So we're not going to get Bradley Beal because they think that their big three can maybe form a playoff team. And also they don't have that big three yet. 
Um, I'm irate personally, but you know, you guys tell me you think. I also, I also just saw the way Shams broke the Cade thing was just Detroit comma number one Cade Cunningham. It's just an interesting way to do it. Um, I, I do want to hear this. It's important. Is Cade handsome or not handsome? Because I didn't hear more of this. Yeah. Well, first, before, all right, they have their signs. They say handsome. I'm, I only have a handsome sign, so I'm not, I'm not putting a sign up. But <laughs> um, something that's weird is they did the whole like ESPN package or ABCs, whatever, and they had like all these things Kate is like brother, son, and then it said meditator. Like what? Oh. What? That's bizarre. Oh, I, I just saw. Um... Shams just tweeted seconds ago. Yeah, Jalen Green going second to the Rockets. So very much ahead of this. Um, yeah, we're already getting started. And just so people on live stream know, we will just, as like most super online NBA fans, like we will just be going with the tweets when they break. Um, Jalen Green at two is interesting. Uh, I don't know. I know I've probably watched some of these guys in draft more than some of the other people here, but does anyone have any thoughts on the Rockets taking Jalen Green over Evan Mobley? Well, Jaylen, well, the Rockets have to do something about their backcourt. I mean, they have Christian Wood, so I, I don't know if Christian Wood and Evan Mobley would necessarily fit. Well, Maybe Mobley well, is better doesn't defensively. Fit, doesn't fit imply that what you have right now is currently working when the Rockets were, like, uh, admittedly, like, we're just not a good team this next year. Like, what are you fitting for? The whole – if you're in rebuild mode, I feel like you just take the better player. Yeah. It also feels like out of my little knowledge of Evan Mobley and the, the research I've started doing this week, like it also feels like out of all the big man prospects you could have, he could probably fit really well with Christian Wood in terms of how well Christian Wood can space the floor. He can pick and pop well. Evan Mobley just adds even more to that defense. Like he's so versatile there. Agile, can protect the rim, hardly fouls. Like even if you were going to go for a bit of an awkward fit and just go for the talent play and take the better prospect, which I think Evan Mobley is, it's not like a horrendous fit next to Christian Wood, I wouldn't think. So I feel like it would make sense to just go for Mobley. But plus, they have two picks in the twenties. I think they could have gone with like a shooter there, like a Cam Thomas, maybe. True. Yeah. I know he's he's very. Uh, people have different opinions on him. I like him. I think he, uh, um, that that the I'm, not, I'm not the convers- biggest Cam Thomas fan. <laughs> the conversation of a basketball player versus Hooper. He is the definition of a Hooper. Um, Put him next to Kevin Porter Jr. and just let him shoot the lights out for Woo. you know 48 minutes. Yeah. I, I will say I so just talking about some of the tweets I see. I saw come up on the ESPN stream of the draft of uh, that uh what was it Sharif Cooper tweeted out where do you think I'm going? And I I do not currently have access to the Liberty Ballers Twitter account, but if it were me, <laughs> I would say please because uh, Sharif is so good. I, I can't think he falls to 28, but if he's there at 28, oh my goodness. He like I don't even think the fit works that well, but Sharif is like unbelievably talented. Yeah, I know that's your guy, Dan. But uh, yeah, and in regards to the fit stuff, I liked the quote out of Detroit a couple of days ago where they basically said, we, we won less than 20 games, everybody fits. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like, I mean, again, it's just like, so I mean, go all the way back to 2014, drafting Joel Embiid a year after you took Nerlens Noel. It's like, yeah, this is starting from scratch. You, you're looking for better players available. Like, Not a good example of why you shouldn't worry about fit. <laughs> I'm just, well still it was well would you have preferred they took dante exum at three yeah because i don't think exum would have gotten in, into a fight in boston and had a speeding ticket and well no okay everything is, I'm else good points, I'm, stri- <laughs> I'm strictly talking about joel hey. the pick of joel and bead after picking the Nolan's fight in boston was cool 
I just want to put that out there. (laughs) Okay, I need to hear Dan defend that take. Why why was the fight in Boston cool? Because Boston sucks, and anybody who's going to talk shit on the Sixers, as bad as we were, like, we got we to stick up for ourselves here. Like, you know, listen, I'm not going to defend Okafor. Like, he was tossing the jersey aside. He didn't care. But, like, when, when it came to it, he had to defend the Sixers. He defended the Sixers, and I respect that one instance. He defended the Sixers. Uh, I want to say we have two comments here that I want to get to. Um, first from – I want please forgive me if I am saying this wrong. Uh, Kirill Palatnik. Uh, Sean Kennedy Hive checking in here. So, Sean, very popular that's, man. That's my man, Kareel. Okay. My bad. Butchering the pronunciation. And then Thomas Bryant is, I'm guessing, Wizard Center Thomas Bryant. Hey, Thomas Bryant? Holy um, shit. University of Indiana. <laughs> Would you guys rather trade Ben for Brogdon straight up or keep him? Those are the only two options in this hypothetical. Uh, you, either uh, have to, you either have to, oh, that's actually a good question. Like you have to, you either Ben has to be on the Sixers next year or you trade him straight up for Malcolm Brogdon. Um, who wants to go first on this one? I would trade. Geez, everyone raised uh, Harrison. I think I saw your hand first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really want to touch on this because I've been a big Malcolm Brogdon guy for years now. Like, I wanted him originally when the Sixers were reportedly choosing between him and Al Horford. And, like, I love him now. But he's – I'm not sure if he raises your ceiling that much, if that's all you're getting. Like, it's one thing if you're getting him and some other stuff to work with. But if you're just talking about a one-for-one swap, I, I think that might put you in a bigger hole than you already were in. And that's not even factoring all the injury problems he's had. So – Trading for a guy that has had a spotty injury history to put next to Joel Embiid, who has obviously had a spotty injury history, I wouldn't love that. Uh, I can go next if you want. Um, I'm sure you- obviously, I think I might be uh, the biggest anti-Ben person here, so that's kind of other end of the, of the debate here, but kind of same side. And I'll... Um, kind of tend to agree that I would almost rather hang on to Ben, even if he's not playing, even if he, you know, I think worst case scenario is maybe Ben says, we're not, I'm not going to play, you know, and you have to trade me in the first few weeks. I'd rather take the time and wait to see what other offers come in, wait to see what kind of picks I can get. Um, And generally I'm pretty averse to going into the season with Ben. I'd like to see this resolved as soon as possible, but you know, if you're only getting Brogdon straight up, I, I don't think you're keeping the door open for you to make a run at whatever true superstar comes next. And I think right now, Ben is your best asset at that person. And even if Beal and Lillard don't ask out right now, you want to get the picks and the young guys that it takes to still have the package available to go get them. Um, or maybe, you know, you like Levine or, or you really like someone else, but I agree that Brogdon isn't, Brogdon isn't, the final guy. And if you're doing it straight up, that's kind of under the assumption he is the final guy. Um, I just wouldn't feel good about that. I, w- I, w- I would wait. Yeah, I, I want to touch with on that. I want to touch on Sorry, I was just going to say quickly, like one thing, sorry, Dan, uh, one <laughs> thing like Daryl Morey always stresses is like optionality and just keeping options open, like not throwing all your chips on the table and then taking away your flexibility further down the road. And I just don't think, yeah, Simmons straight up for Brogdon trade would be the way they'd want to go or the way I'd go when there could be something better that presents itself further down the line. 
But yeah, yeah. So carry on. Cavs took Mobley, by the way. Okay. Yeah, one, I, for, I, one for one, absolutely not. I would not do that trick. Um, for all the reasons that everybody highlighted. And let's not forget, the Sixers should have, I say should have, because I'm going to say it again, Tillman Fertitta's vengeful, spiteful little man. And we should have gotten. Westbrook to the Harden. Lakers. Hey, Sorry, Dio. That's official now. That's, that's official yeah, now. That's okay. done. Yeah, the, Lakers. That yeah, is well, from Woj. The Lakers and Wizards have agreed on the trade. For Russell Westbrook, source tell ESPN. I'm waiting for the next tweet to see what it was. So sorry, Adio. No, no, no. I, that, no, that that's fine yeah. by all means. So go ahead, Shams keep going. Had, go ahead. Shams had more details on this. Shams had the Washington Wizards, Wizards have agreed to trade Russell Westbrook 2024 second round pick, 2028 second round pick to the Los Angeles Lakers for Kyle Kuzma, Kentavious Caldwell Pope, Montrez Harrell, and 22 tonight. Must be awkward being Buddy Heald right now. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> um, remember, those are such random second rounders. 2020, Russ, 2028. Wait, Sean, what was that? I was just going to say, remember when Russ was seen as like this huge toxic contract and then Washington takes him on and now that's actually like Kuzma's at least interesting. KCP we talked about is a good player and you get a first round pick. Like that's a good haul Yeah, for, for a guy that – like no one even wanted on the team because his contract was seen as so onerous. I'd also like to see what they do with the 22nd pick. So now the Wizards have 15 and 22. Like those are that's an interesting kind of draft slot to have them. I was going to mention before the Mobley pick came in. I love the way Woj framed like a Jalen Green. The net, when he announced that Jalen Green got picked, he said the Rockets long expected Jalen Green to be awaiting them at number two, and he's there. Think they think he's going to be a star for them. Like I just <laughs> no one talks like that. I also just want to put my my two cents in for Jalen Green. We didn't do it, so. Yeah. 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 Back handsome. Backward handsome with the hearts is very, very touching. Guys, on mine, it's not backwards. On mine, it's right, so. Well, I guess it looks backwards to me on the Zoom. Because, yeah, I can do it this way. I have it both ways. There we go. That looks forward. (laughs) That is is preparation. That's being prepared right there. There it is. (laughs) Quick question. Um, So, I know that. Right now, we have all the picks up through three, and Toronto has four, assuming they don't trade it to the Sixers, right? And, and uh, I know Jalen suffered at that pick, but isn't there someone else that Toronto is pretty heavily considering, according to reports? It's been rumored that it's Scotty Barnes, maybe. Um, and what do you think about that? Uh, I'd probably take Jalen Suggs. Uh, Scotty's really interesting, but I don't think he's the guy you take there for the Raptors. Uh, they're both interesting that they kind of, like, some similar problems. I mean, Scotty's bigger problems than just the shooting really isn't there. And also he doesn't jump super high. Um, Suggs is, it, it's so cliche to say, you kind of hate to say it, but Suggs whole thing is like, it becomes like the, it's the good parts about it and the bad parts about it is that he doesn't really have a specific weakness to his game. Like it, he's very good at a lot of different stuff, but not super great at anything. Like probably his very best skill is Jalen Suggs is like a transition hit ahead passer, like just savant. He's fantastic at that. Um, I, I, it's probably Jalen Suggs. You can build like a really interesting defense with Suggs, Van Vliet. Uh, if they keep Siakam and, and an OB, like this, just defensively, like he's he fits right in with that. Um, I do know I've the draft Twitter guru, PD Webb, said that the guy I love, Sharif Cooper, like it's just, you know, it's probably, it is way too high. It's probably it feels like to pick him at four, but Sharif kind of solves a lot of their questions in terms of advantage creation. Because, like, Sharif's whole thing is, like, it's just impossible to stay in front of him with his handle. But, um, yeah, I 
I'm, I'm happy for the Cavs taking Mobley at three. Again, I'm more I'm just happy for my dad that he gets to, as he said, stay a Cavs fan. He said he was <laughs> He was. He thought he might not forgive him if they passed up on Mobley at three. But like Mobley, uh, I mean, that's just it fits right in. Like the Cavs can have like that's basically your rim protector of the future just completely set. Uh, it is interesting to see what they do with Jared Allen. I do think like there are some news that they might they're probably looking into trading Larry Nance right now. Which I mean, Larry Nance is good. That's a guy I'm I was going to ask you that. Dan, like. Try to figure out a way to get. Mm. Yeah. So Larry. Yeah, I mean, Larry, also, obviously, like, if you're getting him through the Sixers, he's probably, like, your backup center. Um, yeah. And it, probably saying bye to Dwight. He could be a stretch forward off the bench yeah. as well. I was going to say, yeah. he, he yeah. was kind of best as a sort of smaller yeah. four, almost, like, yeah, they, just with how he defends on the wing and his shot has come along really nicely and just with his passing, like, more so than maybe a bit of rim protection. I like I was, his kind of switchability on defense. I was just going to say, got Larry Nance is... For Evan Mobley. Very important. We're three for three on handsome. Adia, what are yep. you saying? I I just think it's funny slash cool, like how Larry Nance has developed past that first couple of years we saw him. And he was just like a dunker, right? Like he's added he's added things to his game. Tom just Tom was saying he could definitely be a stretch four off the bench for the Sixers if the Sixers traded for him. So, like, I, I'm 100 on board with like I don't know. Mm, would it just be George Hill straight up, or I don't? Does the contract work that they can use their uh, the Al Horford trade exception? Hmm. For Larry Nance's deal. For Larry Nance, yeah. Without checking, I'll check real quick. But without checking, I believe it would not fit. Seti Oseman would fit though. And we we all know I'm ready for Chetty. Uh, yeah, yeah, Larry Nance is making eleven. Or I'm sorry, ten point yeah. six million. Mm. We we have some more comments. Uh, we have like some comments on that West uh, the Brogdon for Ben or no deal at all hypothetical. Um, we also had Jim Kinarney again. I'm very sorry for pronouncing people's names wrong. How about drafting the ghost of Andrew Tony? Which I mean, if possible, yeah, I would. I I would be in favor of it if it's possible. Definitely would take Andrew Tony. Yeah, I would do that. You're talking about a bucket getter. Andrew Tony is a bucket getter. Yeah, (laughs) I would do that squarely for Celtics games and have the ghost of Andrew Tony or whoever just punch the hell out of Jason Tatum and just never lose a Celtics game again for sure. Never ever again. I love it when they check off intangibles on these broadcasts, even though they definitely don't really. I mean, how, how do you know? <laughs> I, I trust Kendrick Kirkin's analysis. Oh, all right, we have a we have a Woj report. All right, to, first of all, Toronto's taking Scotty Barnes wow. at four. Whoa, wow. okay. And Whoa. Indiana has acquired the 31st pick from Milwaukee. We don't know for what, but wait, the big wait, news who, is Toronto wait, taking Scotty Barnes at four. Who, did, who acquired the 31st pick? Indiana, Indiana. from Milwaukee. Huh. That's well, we don't know for what yet. Well, there wasn't there rumors that Indiana's trying to trade for Cam Reddish. That's right. So that might be like pack like similar to like the six that could just be like accumulation for the trade. Um, but Dan, tell us about tell us about Barnes. Uh Scott well Scott very fun. Um Basically, he played on that high school team that was – that team was – other people, it's Cade, Scotty, De'Ron Sharp who's going to get picked tonight. 54 and uh, 60 Moses. and two future seconds for 31 from Indiana. Uh, Sorry, Jesus. 
Moses Moody's going to be in the lottery and then they have other guys. Basically he's played on like winning teams his entire life. And uh, again, as PD Webb said during his draft stream, which was really fantastic the other day, um, if Scotty, like if basketball was just making defensive rotations, Scotty Barnes would be happy. That dude loves <laughs> like playing defense, loves using, he's got insane length and he's very intense. Uh, if whenever he makes a great player, like he has one where he dunked on someone at Florida and he just starts dancing on the quarter. Whenever <laughs> he makes a stop, he starts clapping, just very vocal, very fun. Um, the big concern is that like really can't shoot yet. And then again, like I said, he, people think like some people say, oh, great athlete, because you know, he's very strong, very, t- he has like super muscular build, incredible, like the wingspan's most incredible thing. He's got great length, but like vertically, he just in games does not jump very high much at all. So that's a concern about what he can do. And I, I know that some people who are lower on him have said their concern is that they think he can only play center in the NBA with his limitations. Mm. Now, I do think he's interesting. I, again, I scouted the bottom, the bottom like first round of the draft more heavily than the top due to the Sixers having that pick. So I can't say for sure whether I think it's great or not. I do think it, it's interesting for sure. I mean, I don't know if anyone else has any takes on the Raptors surprising us with the Scotty Barnes pick. Him and OG next to each other would be absolute bonkers on defense. Yeah. I mean, you make wings cry. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was going to say, those two, and if they keep Siakam, like, mm. they will just be rotating everywhere. It's like their defense is going to be swarming on people. His reaction to getting drafted was awesome. He got, he did still like a giant fist pump. I like that. I, I love He's that. I love, the, now. <laughs> I love the enthusiasm, Rook. I love it. Oh, yeah. Um, Emily, Steve, Dan. Scotty Barnes, handsome or not handsome? Hang on. He's got a mask on. Let me Google it. That's, that's, that's Jalen Sugger. It's Scotty's the one right there with the white, white suit. And you yeah, love Dan's. his outfit. His outfit's fantastic. Everybody and wearing a white suit. Turtle head, too. Also, hang on. Let me say real quick. Outfit. This year, I'm changing it up a little bit. Instead of handsome, not handsome, I feel like that's a little harsh. It's handsome or no comment now. Uh, but I will say for Scotty Barnes, he's handsome. Oh, yeah. This guy's handsome. Yeah, this guy's good looking. That's a, that's a fantastic camera angle they have on him right now. Like that's... Yeah, really. Okay. What's everyone watching? ESPN or ABC? Yes, I'm yeah. actually watching the back of Dan Volpone's TV in the background there because I can't get any coverage here in England. So <laughs> that's the best I've got. Okay. It's ESPN. So, so Tom's watching ESPN. <laughs> yeah, just, just lean that way and then I'm good. I yeah. gotcha. Yeah. It's so like I those have... illegal streams for pay-per-view fights no. where they, they, they think they won't get them taken down because they just have the TV on in the background of something. Yeah. This is a. I have ESPN on. I mean ABC on, and they're giving me like a lot of really unnecessary fun facts. So I'll share those if I see any good ones. Uh, this is kind of interesting. Out the magic here at five, because with that with now Jalen Suggs is still there, and forever we. I mean the Magic have Markel Fultz, as we all know, and after his year coming off injury, they have Cole Anthony. Who they took Suggs, by the way. Started to spoil. They did. Okay, so that's interesting. So I think that tells you what they think about Cole and Markel is that they probably like them, but they don't think they're the point guard of the future. And forever the joke was like the, how much the Magic needed a guard or a lead ball handler. Yeah. For all the years they had DJ Augustine. So they're betting on Jalen Suggs to be the guy. I guess nobody texts or call me. Yeah. I guess with uh, Cole Anthony's like shooting ability, shooting ability, and like that Suggs is probably a good enough defender to guard. Mo- I. 
I would say this doesn't portend well to Markel's future in Orlando. I could be wrong there, but like, does anyone have any thoughts on that? Because, like, they just gave him that extension, though, right? Yeah, so is, do we think this is, like, more Markel or Cole could be, like – I just I just have trouble thinking they're keeping – or maybe they're just, like, we love all three guards and we're going to have three really awesome well, – they, Yeah, maybe they're just envisioning one of the moves to that more sort of third guard, yeah. sixth man, but playing high-minute bench-type role. I do, you know, I do think ball, ball handlers. I do think there is somewhere that maybe Markel and Suggs both best like value is having the ball in their hands. Mm. Right. I both just think good. they're the magic and they're a mess. And <laughs> if you think that Suggs is the best guy available, if you're Orlando, you take the take best him. guy available. Yeah. You don't you don't worry about your no, like, yeah, I think it's a I think it's a fine pick. I'm just like it's just interesting to me. It's like now you have it's so weird after all this year's magic never having guards like now do you have too many guards it's like when the suns had eric bledsoe goran dragic and isaiah thomas then in two years they had none of them and they didn't have a guard to put like it, it's just weird it's kind of like if that makes sense what i'm saying just like now to have these guys who you traded for folds you draft cole anthony you draft jalen Suggs. so it's i mean it's like they're trying to make one whole point guard out of three different guys like Markel has the ball handling and he can distribute. Cole Anthony can shoot a little bit. Jalen Suggs is more of a leader. Like if if they could merge all three of those guards together, they would have one of the most amazing point guards in the entire NBA. I do think it, it's the probably the right thing though, because the Magic already have like some of their athletic. Work. I mean, I really want to see what Jonathan Isaac comes like back like this year. Because I mean, before yeah. the injuries, Jonathan Isaac like defensively is just unreal. Um, because yeah, so I'm just trying to think the magic because it's basically so they have their core at the moment is Suggs, Fultz, Cole Anthony, Isaac, Wendell Carter. They still have, I mean, Chumo Kiki had a pretty good rookie year. Um, so yeah, that's I mean, it's pretty interesting if you're the magic, like, and they still have, I mean, they still have pick eight coming up, and they have Mo Bamba, who I have not given up on. That's right. I, I always just Mo, I just had problems with Mo, even when I was like a high school watching, I just thought Mo is like. This dude really can't move that well. And <laughs> like, if you're, he's local. He went to West Town. No, it's not nothing. It's always <laughs> a great guy. It's just, I just have a problem with guys who like. It's my whole thing. Like when I was watching, very different prospects. Like when I was scouting Matt Matt Hurt, like to see if he could be a good option at fifty for the Sixers. My big problems wow. are just like, if he he just gets beat off the dribble by like anyone with like relative foot speed because it's just very hard. If you're a big who can't move, you have to just have, have such unbelievable outlier skills at certain points. Again, this is Alperin Shengun debate. Like, it's just if you're a big whose movement skills aren't great, you're going to have a hard time in the league for certain things. Like, you and there's ways to survive that don't have to be like unbelievable. Like, I mean, Brooke Lopez survived because Brooke, Brooke basically has good interior skills, can space the floor, and Brooke is like a master of drop coverage. And yeah, that works. But that's just you're betting on a lot of that working then. The thing about Mo Bamba is that we have to remember he's trying to persevere through a career that included J.J. Reddick telling him that weird story about the woman in the cage in that Uber. And I don't know how you move on from that if you're Mo Bamba. And I, I don't blame him for having a hard time in the NBA. It's not his fault. Yeah. He also got drafted to Orlando when they had Nick Vucevic already on the roster. So, you know what? It wasn't exactly easy for him to get minutes. They've, they've gone through about two other centers who have gotten minutes ahead of Bamba also. <laughs> so I'm sure they'll Kevin bring Burke. someone else in who will also get minutes ahead of Bamba Kevin until, Burke, yeah. until Orlando no longer has him. 
I does uh does Scotty Barnes pick? Do you guys think that rules out any chance of Ben being dealt to Toronto? Because I personally believe it does. Well, well, why do you think it? Would, oh, well, I guess you're probably thinking because Scotty's whole thing is like defense, some ball handling, and lack lack of a shot. You kind of like uh, no, that does make sense when you say it, Harrison. Um, because like I mean, the rumored I had heard I had like been talking to some people who were like just some friends who thought like there was like a chance of a Ben for C again like show, I think I shared in our Slack today like Ben for Siakam deal which I I mean I like Siakam I think that would be very I, I would be okay with that kind of deal but like yeah I think you're right that that probably means I mean are you cons- the the argument against it would be like well if you're the Raptors sure you pick Scotty at four but are you constructing your whole team around Scotty Barnes um, probably. Not. Well, not like uh, well, I don't correct me if I'm wrong. I wasn't thinking that number four would have to be in a Ben trade. I was sort of thinking that if you talk about Lowry or Van Vliet or OG or Siakam, like you, you might be able to get there at a future pick. In, yeah, we were saying that, using like, four, but just the theory, the fit of Ben and Scotty doesn't really work. Mm-mm. Oh, that's a good point. So, that's a good point. I get, yeah, I guess I wouldn't worry about that. If I were them and I really want Ben Simmons, I wouldn't worry too much about. You know, you would try to figure it out, especially if you give her to Siakam. Yeah. I'll I just, tell you what, though, Orlando lucking into Jalen Suggs. I know, like, there's a there's a fit question, and that's viable. But considering they got pretty screwed over by the draft lottery, I think that's a really good outcome for them. Yeah, I, I want to see what they do at pick eight now. But yeah, like. I mean, if I were them, if like Moses Moody's still there at eight, I'm like sprinting to the podium for him. I would do that. If you got, if, cause then Moody, like you're thinking about other Fords to plug in next. Like that's just a lot of, man, that's a lot of athleticism in Orlando and like a lot of length. I mean, a lot of length, but also some, and Moody is like a pretty good shooter. So I think that would be a really good fit for them. So I, I mean, good for the Magic. Uh, this definitely, I think they're probably, I'm sure their front office is very happy that Jalen Suggs is there at five. Um, I think they should go all in on the bit and draft another point guard. Take like Giddy or like Davion Mitchell. Davion Mitchell, yeah, just go all in on the bit. Because I mean, they're the Magic, so like yeah. everyone's already kind of laughing at them. If you're so the Magic, if you're the Magic, why not zag what everybody else is zigging? Here we go, <laughs> Wendell Carter Jr. and four point guards. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's get crazy. It's like when the Sixers were going to have their all center lineup. But yeah, exactly. All point card. Oh yeah, someone pointed out to me that RJ Hampton's on an magic too, and RJ's not bad. RJ Hampton. Um, he had a good bad. year after they traded for him. He he got yeah. some minutes there and started performing. He was interesting. Oh, yeah, he saved my fantasy team. He was interesting <laughs> in Denver too. I mean, just the thing is, Denver. I feel like almost every fit works with Denver. Like if any guard or wing can like cut at all, I'm like, oh, they can fit because Jokic will just find them on every cut. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that easy. I'm like, like the best fit. I mean, I did a podcast on him the six draft pod on Joel Yai, who I said, like, if he goes to Denver, like, he's the best backdoor cutter, like, I've seen in a long time. Like, he's just fantastic at it. Like, you get a guy like Jokic with him, like, he's just never going to miss that. So <laughs> that's that's pretty interesting. Uh, I guess we didn't ask, uh, again, G- Gastro Blues pod, help me out here. Uh, Jalen Suggs, handsome or no comment, as Dan said. No comment. Handsome, handsome. Oh, Steve Scratching. Listen, I don't listen. He seems like a nice kid, and I hope he has a bright future. <laughs> I'm, gonna to, I'm gonna have to go not handsome. I'm sorry, Jalen. I, I wow. do have a not handsome part. Uh, you know, this isn't you know, whoever has access for... to the Liberty Ballers Twitter right now, tweet that at this breaking Steve Whitman thinks Jalen Suggs is not handsome. 
But that man, would be Sean. That would be Sean. But wishes him all the best in his NBA career. So why are some people? I just tweeted out my thing about like how I was just very interested in the Magic's three guard line, and someone's like mad at me for like you're, like you're I said. Sorry, buddy. Why you're not out. do that? Why not do that in like in like the last four or five minutes? Just throw out you know Isaac Carter, Cole Anthony. Markel and Jalen Sells. Just throw them all out there. Wizards, like, why wouldn't you do the that? The Wizards did it, and they were a playoff team. So Exactly. Hey. Also, Orlando taking Jalen Suggs, I think, means that Terrence Ross is on his way out. Because if you look at all their guards right now, they have Suggs, Fultz, Cole Anthony, Gary Harris, Terrence Ross, RJ Hampton, and Michael Carter-Williams. That's seven guards. Yeah. Yeah. But Ross is more of a three for them. So who do we think the Thunder are going with here at six? Because I'm trying to think who it could be. Just take, just don't even, don't even think about it. Just take Jonathan Kaminga and just get it over with. Just uh, take him. I I probably wouldn't take, take him and just get it over with. I wouldn't take Kaminga if I were them personally. Uh, Kaminga's and sh- again, I probably can't speak totally to it, but like. There's a lot of development. Wow. He probably needs to play as oh Harrison. What's the wow for? Giddy, giddy at six. Oh, giddy! They took giddy. Wow! All right. All right. Oh, that is later than that. I can. Oh, oh! Shout out Harrison for great reaction time. But um, <laughs> no. Well, apparently the Grizzlies were looking at him. That's why they they treated I mean, yep. him. Yeah, yeah. And giddy. Josh Giddy. Yeah. Giddy is going to be fun. Hey, real oh. quick, real quick. So we have. Shams Charania tweets, sources, Oklahoma City is picking Josh Giddy at number six. Woj tweets, OKC loves, loves Josh Giddy here. So Woj is back on his garbage that he was on a few years ago. Well, it's because ESPN tells him he's not allowed to break yeah. it, so he has to come yeah. like that. But Woj, uh, was it? Shams doesn't have any, like, uh, restriction like that by the athletics, so he just told Brit. You guys remember when Shams broke the NFL draft pick? Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, the first yeah. Yeah. I do remember that. That was fantastic. Um, no, Giddy and OKC. That's I mean, that's fun, I think. Like Giddy and SGA. That's that's fun. That's I like that. A lot of fun decision makers in OKC. Um oh, because Giddy will try the thing is Giddy will try so many passes and ele- and Poku already tries everything that's ever been tried. So right. <laughs> oh, that is just Oh, the OKC is so much fun to watch sometimes. Damn. It's so weird. Uh, no, I think – I like it by OKC. I, I, I like it. I think it fits next to, like, literally any point guard, really. I think he's just, like, the perfect perfect guard to co- combo with, like, a young – really any kind of point guard you bring in. I think he just fits so well next to him just because yeah. he's able to shoot. He's able to pass it out. He just does so many things well. I think if you're bringing in a young point guard, in really any aspect, he's the perfect number two next to him. Yeah, all that, all the SGA trade talk was really weird because people were talking about, oh, well, you get a high pick and that could turn out good. Yeah, it could turn out good into a player like SGA. Like he's already mm-hmm. young and mm-hmm. really good. Like he's exactly what any team would want. Like I, I didn't understand that at all. Like he's the type of guy OKC should be building around. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I can hear the debates, like, it's if you're all, like, title or bust, like, is Shea your true number one? But, like, again, there's timeline is so far off from that. They probably don't need to worry about that right now. And if you're just trying to get better, SGA just, I mean, had an excellent season. But, uh, 
Now, yeah, I, man, I, I really like what OKC just did there. That's just, that's just very, I think it's just very fun in general. Like if we're rooting for fun, I think Giddy and OKC is going to be really cool to watch. Um, Jesus, so now we got Giddy, the, Giddy six, eight, Jesus. Yeah. He's tall, skinny. God. And I, I would say, um, uh, Emily, Steve, any thoughts on Giddy handsome, not handsome? Looks like Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, I've heard that more. So, okay, here's another question. I want you guys to really hash this out. Is Giddy the most handsome prospect in the draft? Wow. Oh, absolutely not. I've already seen more handsome people tonight. Emily has a strong opinion. I have a strong opinion on this. Emily, who's the most handsome prospect of the six guys who've been drafted so far? Um... I I'm I'm a Jalen Green fan. I really okay. thought he All looked right. great. He's very cute. I'm into it. But is, is anyone more likely to be the love interest in a little women reboot? No. <laughs> Good boy, see? Not, <laughs> John sees a vision. He looks like a Wes Anderson movie. Yeah, I don't trust him. Um but he's good looking. He's certainly good looking. He's got a nice little body on him. Dan, what else we got? Thank God. <laughs> I, I so I so miss our talks. <laughs> so now we got the Warriors at seven here. Uh, obviously, there's definitely trade potential here with the Warriors. Um, it's been like floated around that they want to do a lot of things with seven and fourteen. Um, trying to think who they would pick here at seven again. I think Moses. I, I like Moses Moody a lot, so. I, I get like you. Moses Moody here. Yeah, I would probably take. I, I'm trying to let me look at the like. I just need a. It's. I like to look at these boards just to refresh my memory sometimes. Would they what about jump? Mo Wagner's Mo Wagner's? Yeah, brother. I was just gonna Didn't say. Somebody, would Fran, yeah. Would they jump up Franz, for Franz Wagner? Franz Franz is very good. Um, and I like Franz a lot. I know the big thing is like I've heard it on multiple podcasts that like I said with a secret around the NBA is that Sacramento's had a soft promise to Franz Wagner at nine forever. Um. Basically, if he's there at nine, they're taking him. We know that language all too well. Um, <laughs> uh, but so, uh, at, oh, Steve, we do it? have in the in the YouTube comments here. Uh, I want to get to Dakota Fox. Uh, he said, "Doesn't Giddy shoot like Simmons? Um, either Bill or Ben? I think it's probably pretty similar." What do you think, Daniel Olinger? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't think anyone shoots like Simmons. <laughs> Is so, he? Is he? Does he not have a jump shot? Is that sort of the wrap on him? It, need, it needs work. Like I think it's a little stiff. I mean, I, that's I don't think it's nearly as bad as Simmons, though. No way. Yeah, like Simmons' thing is different. So um. Simmons doesn't shoot; he passes. Right. Trey Young's under the rim. <laughs> so uh, and he would, doesn't. And he doesn't dunk on people that he's eight inches taller than. So yeah, Giddy definitely the shot is a problem for Giddy. I mean, it's a bit. That's probably the great thing if you're OKC again. It's like you have all these problems, but like as people say, like take any upside swing you want with OKC. You have a million picks. Your team is unbelievably young. You have a a star in Shea Gilgis Alexander. I mean, Poku was like the youngest player in the league by far. Started absolutely horrible, then came back and actually was good like the second half of the year. So you got like something to work with there. Like if you're OKC, this is definitely like I think you're getting a guy who could be a taller creator. That's like the hope. And why not take that? If you think he can be that, why not go for it? And Lou Dort. Yeah, Lou Dort. Lou Dort's interesting because he's probably of the guys there you would think the most quote-unquote win-now piece because he's like a capable defender and shooter, like just as a three, a wing you can play like that. Um, but I, I, th- I think that uh, – I mean, I just really like the giddy pick. Uh, Dan, what is it? 
Woj tweet, Golden City is still discussing trades with the number seven pick, but Jonathan Kaminga is at the top of board if they keep Ooh. it, sources tell ESPN. I was just going to say, this uh. would be the perfect situation for the Magic if somehow Golden State did take, like we were saying, Wagner. And Sham says they are, they are taking Kaminga. Wow. Okay. Um, well, yeah, like, so- imagine, imagine if Orlando just ended up having uh, Jalen Suggs and Jonathan Kaminga just fall into their laps at well, five and I- eight. I mean, I, I think Franz and Moody are better than Kaminga. Um, I know definitely from all the drafts where people I follow, that's definitely a, pretty much an opinion of theirs. Uh, Kaminga just has a lot to work out. Um, I, I, I do like his upside. I will say that. Like, he's young, and, like, if he's developed the right way, I think Kaminga could be a star in this league. Eh, like, I mean, the thing is, like, there's very very few guys who actually develop as stars. Yeah. And I – I just think Moody, Moody and Wagner be for a team like the Warriors, like you plug them in. I think Wagner, like defensively, is like just unbelievable, like coordination and processing, and then also a very good connecting piece. Just he's he's so good at so many different things. Like I would say, just similar. Like I don't think there's one singular thing that Franz is bad at. It's just that he's not wired to score. Like he he does not go into games saying I need to score twenty points each night to, for us to win. He just like he play he plays this kind of like just quick decision move the ball, make the make defenses pay for mistakes game. And I think he's really good at it. And then Moody, I just think that length, that that shooting ability, his – and then Moody's whole thing too is he's like a great foul grifter. Um, yeah. that, that helps a lot too. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't love it if I'm the, if I'm the Warriors. Uh, if, if I'm a Warriors fan, that would not have been my pick. Yeah, because I'm, I'm already thinking of like a, a, a modified death lineup where it's just like it's Draymond Wagner – uh play wiggins and steph and like jesus christ like that's they're they're undersized not gonna get a whole lot of rebounds but those five on the court that's a that's a lot of jumpers getting jacked up and 40 percent will probably fall so Woj just tweeted that trade talks with golden state are dwindling and that the warriors are going to pick this or keep this pick for now at least this suit is fire Orange oh, suit. suit. Oh yeah, so uh, that's wild. Emily, Dan, Steve, Jonathan, Kaminga, handsome or no comments? I have to switch channels because Cecily is telling me about the tornado, so I have to go to ESPN. Oh no, Cecily! <laughs> I know. Cecily is ruining our live stream. Hey, I'm glad you watch. I'm glad you watch Six ABC though, because that is that's the only acceptable news network in Philly. So. Hey, 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 PHL 17, stop it. Yeah, I'll just say. ABC6, ABC6 gang, always. Yeah, I'll just say I'm in multiple uh, mm. of some chats with some guys who are very draft focused who, uh, let's just say they did not like the Kaminga pick. <laughs> <laughs> Franz, uh, Franz Wagner at eight Ooh. to Orlando. Wow. I, I I like what Orlando's doing. I think you get Suggs. I don't like what Orlando's doing tonight. I, I think that's just an interesting team. That's a lot of that's a, first of all, it's a lot of athleticism and Wagner's got like arms for days. Like that's oh, isn't Mo in Orlando now too? Didn't he bounce around to there at the end of the year? Did he? Yeah, yeah Mo Wagner. Yeah, yeah, right. Oh, they get both Wagner's. Oh yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, that is meant, I mean, yes, more, more of Mo, that. I only broke it down like five times that Mo can't guard and be like, uh, no one can guard and be, but like Mo Wagner was like particularly bad at it. 
<laughs> that was brutal. Like fakes, like just bully wall, like everything. He, <laughs> he just over- had his way. Like <laughs> he overplays his right side like so much that and be like, I can't have like. Oh, I remember listening to like I don't know if you guys listened like the Kiston Solak show on Bleeding Green Nation. Uh, go Eagles! But um, like when they were talking about like like quarterbacks not trying to stare down Nate Gary because they know that it's going to be open when they throw there. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like the same thing, knowing that you have it open if Wagner's on you, like that certain drive. I can imagine him be just saying like, don't give it away. You have it and you know, you have it. Uh, yeah. Is it, is it- minutes in, that's our first Nate Gary reference. Wow. <laughs> we hit the under. <laughs> so I have to ask Kaminga does not have intangibles checked off. On the ESPN. Oh no! That seems like a problem. Oh, no. That seems like a problem. What What does a lack of intangibles really mean? <laughs> I, I don't have a solid definition. I don't have a solid definition or answer to that. If anyone has a better answer than me, feel free. Everything he has is tangible. I guess you can tangent it all. I don't. That's I don't why. actually know. <laughs> What you see is what you get with Jonathan Kaminga. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what the? Okay. This is not news at all, but apparently Jarrett Jack is on with Shams to discuss the Kaminga pick. I have not heard the name Jarrett Jack in a, in a long time, so that's exciting. Oh, Jarrett Jack uh, played the G League team this year and was, like, honestly pretty good. Uh, he's just, like – I mean, How old is he? He's very old, but he does like old. He does all the classic old guard stuff. Like, just you'll never see him not run a guy into a screen. Well, just very good. Um, man, I I can't believe that they're all the time thinking thirty-seven. Oh, like, I feel like he's older than that. Wow, that's crazy. He's only thirty-seven. There were so many jokes on Twitter, like on the super nerd Twitter, of the, how Orlando was going to mess up five and eight, and yet I think they picked two guys that like most people love. Yeah, I love I think, what Orlando's done so far. I, I think Orlando. This is like a home run for them like just Franz and oh, Franz can be so good like that's you can play those lines with like Franz Okiki and Jonathan Isaac that's just so much length and even and then and, and problem, yeah Franz because Franz can shoot uh like yeah. he's not like a dynamic movement shooter but he can hit spot ups pretty easily so and he's a good he's a good defender right isn't that oh yeah like thing? very good defender just incredibly smart rotationally and like even if he gets beat on stuff, he's got such long arms and like he jumps off the ground very quickly, like little load time. He can recover very well. Um, that's the thing. It was like, Mo, you have to, t- people have to take that out of their minds that they would think, oh, because he's Mo Wagner's brother, maybe he's a bad defender. Like, no, no Franz is a very good defender. Um, and I also know, like, the thing is, Franz is a sophomore, but he's younger than Jalen Suggs. He's like a very young guy still. So, yeah. Uh, no, I, I, yeah, he's I guess, still like 19, isn't he? Yeah. Big ups, Orlando. I uh, do not think that would be happening. Oh, so uh, Emily, Dan, Steve, handsome or no comment for Franz Wagner? I've got a not handsome one, Franz Wagner. I'm staying from this question. <laughs> and no tonight. All right. People need to dress better. That's all that means. I don't like the mustard colored. I, I, I was going to say, I draw. He doesn't get my king sign. That's Let me for, for like, Fleur is, <laughs> is that supposed to be a Michigan? I guess it's a Michigan, like not the super. But like go bright yellow. Like yeah. make a statement. Spell <laughs> it out. This is the I'm, draft. Yeah. I'm looking at pictures on Google, and I'll tell you this right now. When we have the beard, I'm going no comment. All right. When the beard is shaved, 
We're going handsome. We are. Oh my so, god. When the beard is shaved, we're going handsome. I'm now not here in arguments. This is my opinion. I'm entitled to my opinion. Okay. So All I right. Google oh, everybody we, now. Oh, we got we got some questions. That I just want to address. To, first of all, from our friend Dave earlier. Is there a Hans Wagner? Uh, very good. Now, Hans Wagner is out there uh, scoping out Nakatomi Plaza for uh, further plays <laughs> this weekend. Um, whose jersey are Dan and Adia wearing? He wants to know. This is my ceremonial Tony Roten jersey that I wear every year. This is not Jalil Okafor, and it is very oversized. It is a double XL because <laughs> that was, because it was on sale, and that was the only size they had, and I really wanted a Roten jersey. It's because there was a run on Roten jerseys. There's a real run on Roten jerseys. That was the only one that was left. Listen, as I've said many times, if Tony Roten could make a layup, he'd be the greatest basketball player of all time. Ever. Because because no one got the looks at the basket like Tony Roten. I'm wearing Joel Embiid. Uh, This is pretty new. This is a birthday gift in February. So Uh, not not quite as exciting as a Dio's jersey. Love but it's Tony pretty. It's, it's pretty nice. The first time they broke those out, Christmas against the Bucks, that was special. Yeah. Uh, Steve, Steve, you had your hand up. Yeah. So on the YouTube comments, we have Ashton who wrote in. Uh, uh, not to change the subject. Uh, ignore it if you want. We, I don't want Ashton. Yeah, we, we are. We, want, no, we don't no, ignore no. you. Ashton. We don't. We don't ignore anybody we here. Your question, uh, Deuce McBride at twenty-eight. What do you think? And he's exactly. a guy. I did a Sixers draft pod on, so I can very much talk about Deuce McBride. Uh, first of all. As his name is Miles McBride, but Deuce is his nickname. So, you know, bonus points, Deuce is an awesome nickname. Yeah. Um, yeah, he – I was a little lower on him at first because very. I think he was, like, 54 true shooting percentage. Took a lot of, like – he has a knack for, like, taking shots of his feet just inside the line, which is kind of frustrating. And, Ugh. I mean, his big thing was that, like, he has, like, all this – vibes. Like, this athletic ability and, like, with the ball in his hands and then defensively was, like, a great point of attack defender. I do think he gets a little too aggressive at point of attack, especially off the ball. Like, when he's off the ball and he jumps towards someone, like, he goes too far out and will then get beat. Like, he did, he kept doing against Jared Butler of Baylor way too much, which is, like, a problem. It's, like, Jared Butler's also going to get picked tonight. He's a very good player and not someone you should be doing that against. Um, But then I got some, like – when I talked to some friends, like they were talking to me about Deuce and that they made good points about like his context. Like basically he was the only guy at West Virginia could really create with the ball in his hand. So it's like my whole argument for shake Milton all season. It's like someone does take the shots eventually. And they were asking him to do so much. Like you, can you save us on this possession? Cause we don't have anyone else who can get a look here. Yeah. So like, that's just going to be very tough for you overall. He's a very good spot up three point shooter and the shot looks, I mean, it's a high release point. It's a little, it's a little weird, but he's, it's pretty good. Uh, he's only about six, two, six, three, but he was like a he has a football player background and was like very strong. Like he, if you put a like a diminutive point guard on him, he will post them up inside. And he has like like just very good elevation on all he gets great elevation on all his shots. He can leap like that. And then just like if you're looking for a guy an athlete, I mean the archetype of athletic tools with some ball handling and that hit and like shooting ability, like it's just you can use that in a lot of different ways. And it, it takes some imagination because you have to scale down probably toward. Yeah, it's just like you have to think like, well, what does he look like in this role? Because I don't think he's not going to play in the hey, role. He yet. took Davion Mitchell at nine. Oh, wow. That's weird. Oh, uh, I don't know. That's really uh, high, right? I'm more concerned that, like, they took Davion Mitchell and, like, uh, don't you guys still have De'Aaron Fox on the roster? Davion's, Davion's coming off the bench for them, like, just automatically. He's six feet flat. Yeah. 
That's I don't know. I don't know if he's six feet flat, but like he's that's he's not weird. he's not taller than Fox. He's not tall. That's I just want to. What are the chances we think that the Kings, like the rumors said, really wanted Franz Wagner, and then the Magic shocked them by taking eight, and this was their reaction? <laughs> Means they need it to seem like a great backup plan, but yeah, maybe. yeah. It, it, it seems like their tier levels were like all off. <laughs> My question is, why not Moses Moody? Why not? I, so Dan, tell tell us why you like Moody more than Davion Mitchell. Well, okay, let's just bet on wings. Like Moses Moody's a very good, he's a good wing, incredible wingspan. He does, he definitely like his big thing is just like he needs to add strength because he's very skinny right now. But he can shoot and shoots in a lot of different ways. Can get to pull ups, generates a lot of free throws, and like you can just, I mean, just think of the Kings. So like you could play him like right away if that team like, I mean, immediately if you're trying to think a guy to slot in right away, like that's. Because like we were saying, like usually you don't want to draft for fit this high and for a team like the Kings who still needs work. But also, like Davion just isn't getting time ahead of De'Aaron and Tyrese Halliburton, and he is—he's no. yeah. only a guard. So, I mean, I—I I was looking really hard at Shengun here at eight, to be perfectly honest, because like him and Marvin Bagley with Fox and Halliburton. Well, like do you we, do, do we want to do we want to add a guy who's Biggest question is defense to the team that finished with the worst defense in the NBA. I, I mean, listen, if you're gonna if you're gonna do something, go the whole nine yards with it. That's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking. Like they need somebody that can score on the inside, like for real. Like the, the Kings, I feel like were the best when they had either it was Weber or somebody out, somebody down low that could you know get some buckets and kick it out to the shooters. And I feel like. They they have their backcourt and Shingun, while he doesn't really play defense, you can throw Bagley in there and just do some some rebounding, some interior defense, and then you still have Harrison Barnes who can protect the wings. So I I just like again, like don't I'm not saying draft for fit all the time. It's just like I don't understand like the But Davian Mitchell doesn't make sense to me. I guess I think it's good for Davion in the sense that I did not want him as a lead guard of a team because I don't think he could have done that in the NBA. He's much better as a tertiary. Like I think it's fine for Davion, like as his career. Like I think he can still have a good career. I just yes. if I'm the Kings, I don't think that I don't think you needed another guard who's basically coming off your bench and can turn into a very good player. But it's just I think you're limiting what you can do there. Again, yeah. like in general, yeah, there's, there's yeah, not um, drafting for fit, and then there's having two guys that are the only known quantities that are going to be part of your core for the future and using your lottery pick on someone that can't play at a position that aren't those two guys. Yeah. yeah it just doesn't make any like, sense. Generally drafting wings. What's so great about them. It's like, yeah, you can play them in any lineup that works. Like <laughs> you can play the wings in any lineup. It's going to work. So I just, I probably would have taken Moody there. I, I still think so. I'm like losing track here. Who do we got up here at 10? Is this the um... if Memphis takes Moody? Oh, yeah, Memphis. I oh. swear to God. Oh, Memphis. Oh, because he's another draft Twitter favorite. If Memphis takes Moses Moody, then whoever the GM is in Sacramento needs to be smacked immediately in the face. Well, just, Wait, do you guys remember the like... who's this Memphis pick via? Like, who's this Memphis oh, pick? This was the Eunice Valanciunas trade. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, if they luck out on Moody here, like, 
Man, Zaire Williams at ten to Memphis. Oh yeah, he was the other one. Okay. I like that too for Memphis. So yeah, I I mean I would probably like I think Moody's definitely a better player right now, but Zaire is very interesting because it's a, it's a kind of a similar thing, but like if you're hitting higher than Zaire, like um, Zaire is just freakishly skinny at this moment, but he does like it is very enticing what he does, and I think this is also Memphis like a team trying to move forward because they clearly have had success already, like. If they're they're they, they're like a tall shot maker away, and that's like why not take the bet on Zaire because he definitely like he's definitely like a wide ranging outcome guy. Yeah. Um, they hit some just like the flashes of his shot making are really impressive, and then defensively he can at least survive because he does have like good length and good positional awareness. So I I've I might have gone. I can't say I'm fine with this pick though. Zaire's a fine pick, and I totally understand what Memphis is doing. That you know, like saying, said, I can understand it. That that being said, Charlotte kind of lucks out here if because Moody's fallen because they have the potential to lose both Monk and Devontae Graham in restricted free agency. So if they can get Moody to come in and fill one of those spots, that's golden for Charlotte. Dan, so we've got a question in the uh, YouTube comments here from Steve Mitchell. How do we feel about Nashawn Highland at 28? I believe his nickname is Bones. What do you think? Yeah, we're, we we talked about Deuce. Now here's the other guy with a great nickname, uh, Bones Highland. Um, uh, a lot of great nicknames in the late round of this draft. Bones is like, he, again, a very another. I I don't love the the argument for him, but I don't. That's not his fault. It's more like some people's fault that their argument for him is just, oh, really good shooter, fit with Sixers. Um. Which yeah. is like, it's not as simple as that, but um, he can really shoot. He only shot 37% from three this past year, but like he legitimately will take like double step backs and like hang gathers from like 40. I mean, if we're not from like 30, like he, the dude shoots a lot of difficult shots, but he can make them Um, has a crazy long wingspan, similar to like a lot of guys in draft, very skinny, definitely needs to be an MB. I think he's 169 pounds right now. Um, So yeah, very skinny dude. Uh, and I think he, that is just a problem. Like when he gets into tight traffic, like dudes, like if they two hand dig on the ball, like they can just take it from him. Cause he's just not a super strong guy yet. Um, he wouldn't be my first pick for those Sixers. Like similar to dudes kind of saying, I'm not upset if they take those guys, cause I understand it. They wouldn't be my picks, but I wouldn't hate it. Cause I do think they can bring value. Uh Gastro Blues people, what do we think of Zaire Williams, handsome or not handsome? Again, a long you know, Dan, oh, Dan's Googling, Dan's doing research. Dan's doing research. <laughs> Love Dan. All right, I'll say this right now. I'll say this right now. Here we go. We're on the border here. <laughs> I'm going to go with no comment. I'm going to go with no comment. However... I'm not – I don't mean that to be mean. I, I It was a close call, but I'm going to say no comment. I've got a handsome. I think uh, – I think uh, – I see it with him. It, listen, it's nothing to write home about. I'm not going to get out of bed for it, but I do think he's a good-looking guy, and, I, and I'm going to give him a handsome ruling. Emily, okay, what do you I'm, think? Okay, hold on. I like handsome, but I'm also going fit king because he – like, There it is. Some type of – of like track suit into a suit, I'm into it, and I so Luna likes it. I don't know if, you know if Luna likes it, then but that's that's it. It's like that's the final decision. We're in, we're into it over here. Yes, 
So, so Steve, you wouldn't get out of bed for it, but would you stay in bed for it? That's the question. I do. I'm, I'm really not going to comment on that right now. Thank you, buddy, though. Uh, we're, we're on a live stream here. I'm, I'm not going to go crazy here. We have doctors watching. Family programming. I get it. I'm sorry. Um. So. <laughs> oh, man. We're off the rails. I'm sorry. That, that's that's me. That's on me. I apologize. I'm sorry. So it is interesting with the Hornets New Year because a lot of people think, uh, I mean, the whole thing last year was they probably needed a center just because it was Zeller or Biombo, but then they traded for Mason Plumley today. So um, while we're on it, can we, yeah, I know let's that, talk about that. I, well, I know why they could. Well, I was also going to mention they have Zaire Williams put on the Pelicans hat, and I know that they actually technically couldn't complete the Grizzlies Pelicans trade because like some paperwork. But it also, it's like when DeAndre Hunter put on the Lakers hat, like, come on, like, just, like, yeah. it's just it just doesn't feel right. Like, just someone, like, can someone quickly get Zaire a Grizzlies hat? Steve, what is it? <laughs> They're just so trying got, to make uh, it easier for the photoshoppers later. Uh, we got what, our got? buddy, our buddy Dave Early uh, from Liberty Ballers put in the YouTube comments here. Do you guys think Daryl and Elton have a deal lined up uh, if, so they are if uh, they love a prospect uh, that doesn't fall, uh, then they would trade back for extra picks to keep it in the vault for the Ben deal. Uh, he also said, also, I'd love to see Tom and Adio included in the handsome or not handsome bits. Those are two oh, handsomes. I'll give you that right now. The whole panel right here is chock full of handsomes. Uh, and uh, they should answer these also. So, yeah, what do you think about uh, Daryl and Elton sort of uh, – uh, uh, process here, not to use that word, but uh, during the draft for whether or not they love somebody who's going to follow, or do you think they have a deal that's already wrapped up and they're waiting to sort of pounce on it? I don't know if I'm great to answer that. Anyone else want to go first? I think he probably has conversations with a few teams tentatively where if they like a guy, not the Sixers, but a different organization really likes a guy and it's, it's falling to them. They might be more inclined to then trade whoever Daryl's interested in. Um, I, I don't think, I find it hard to believe that Daryl has somebody that he really loves because all the indications from Camden and the workouts were that they were only looking at like second round guys and they weren't really even focusing on this part of the draft because they, they had, they were so inclined to be trading the pick. So yeah. I, I don't, I think it's, it's probably more if whoever their potential trade partner is, if the guy they want ends up falling to 28, they want to make sure that happens. Yeah. I think that um, this is kind of, you know, reminiscent with a lot of discussions we've had in the Slack, but, you know, I think Daryl's draft night is basically, and, you know, you take all the rumors into this, which is, you know, things that has, have been reported by Keith and, a lot of the other reporters we really respect who are, you know, you know, in touch with the Sixers. But I, I agree that, like, basically, like, the 28th pick, it seems pretty unlikely to be, you know, a player who's going to start with the Sixers, uh, you know, for the season. And, you know, it might be I'm more focused on, you know, what can we what can we get for, you know, in a package for a player we really like. and you know, I expect Daryl Foley to be in touch with teams who are, you know, teams that he hopes to be in touch with for, you know, maybe this past the deadline for Beal, but maybe Lillard's still out there, maybe Levine's still out there, guys we still have a hopefully a shot at in the future, or at least, who at least Daryl thinks we have a shot at. You know, who do they want at 28? 
So if the pick's not traded, maybe the pick is at least made in mind with, you know, who, who they would want. Yeah, I think that's one point Carl Newbeck made in his report about the likelihood of them trading the 28th pick was that it could be used for immediate help or they could use the 28th pick for more assets or trade or uh, draft picks. So I definitely think, yeah, they're just kind of open to being flexible. And yeah, I'd expect it to be moved, whether it is for a player like a um, veteran or if they just try and gain some extra picks and then package that for something else. We have a couple... We have a I couple of say not Wozier Shams. Go, go ahead, Dan. Well, Javon Carter just tweeted out in all caps, Brooklyn. So um, I think that indicates something. Uh, Dan, you want to go? Like, I think you might have the whole actual, actual what happened. Well, so, well, we already know Javon Carter is in Brooklyn for Landry Shamit and I believe the 29th pick. Um, but we have a couple things. So Steve actually just sent this to me. Um, so we have Thanks, from buddy. Jake. I got your buddy. From mm-hmm. Jake Fisher. Uh, again, friend of Liberty Ballers, former Liberty Baller. Uh, Davion Mitchell going number nine to Sacramento opens an opportunity for teams hoping to trade into the lottery at number 2013. Oh my gosh, I read that wrong. At number 13. Uh, Indiana was high on Mitchell as well as Corey Kispert, but the Pacers have received a bevy of trade interest all week. And then we also have a tweet from Shams, which is uh, Charlotte is picking James Booknight at number 11. Yeah, I saw that. Um, Bugna, I don't know about how much I love a fit there. It probably indicates that Terry Rozier is not long for the Hornets. Yeah. He's um, Connecticut, right, Bugna? Yeah. Yes. As, as, TK, as the beloved TKR would say, he I mean, Bugna's one of his favorite guys. He loves the Hornets, and Bugna has great vibes. So, you know, I mean, Charlotte's, Charlotte's all vibes and fun, man. So, good for them. Booknight is just a—he's a, a flamethrower. Like yeah. he has no fear. He's—he's he's awesome. Putting him next to Lamelo is—I mean—he was the lead point guard, like the ball handler at UConn. But uh, I think he'll fit really well in an off-ball uh, system next to Lamelo. I think that's a really, really nice fit. Yeah, he like I, he has. I remember he had like one putback dunk where he just like he can really get up. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's—I mean, some, it's, he's more talented than Deuce McBride, but it's a similar kind of thing where just. Yeah, maybe is like no, certain things, but his game weren't great. But like, he's not going to be asked to do in the NBA what he was had to do at UConn. So, and obviously, if Lamelo Ball there, Lamelo Ball is the primary ball handler. Um, but yeah, I think it does say something about like Devontae Graham and Terry Rozier probably not being in the long term future plans of the Hornets. Like their core at the moment is so. I mean, now they have Book Knight, Lamelo Ball, Miles Bridges, um, PJ, PJ, yeah. Mason Plumley, <laughs> Mason Plumley, the center of the future. Um, so yeah, our, the guy, Al, our guy Alper and Shengun, uh, still falling down the board at this point. Um, oh, we have another tr- uh question from Ashton. Uh, follow up on this Do you think a Simmons trade comes before the lottery is over, or do you think it happens in slash around 28 or no trade? Also, who are we more likely to lose in a Ben trade, Matisse or Tyrese? Yeah, but, um, yeah, we talked about this. Yeah, go ahead. We talked about this a little earlier off off air, but we really don't think it's happening tonight. Based on the asking price that has been reported, uh, what Daryl's asking for from all these teams, I, I feel like what people are willing to to give Philadelphia is just too far apart right now from what Daryl's offering, and uh, I think it's going to kind of drag into the off season. Um, and we, we haven't had any like imminent Beal or Lillard kind of asking out reports. Um, I, I think 
Daryl's kind of waiting for one of those dominoes to drop. Yeah, yeah. I just don't I, think there's um, a need to rush it right now. And like you said, Sean, like they want to see what happens with Dame, but they want to keep the best possible scenarios available. And I don't think there's any package out there right now that's so enticing that Daryl's going to want to suddenly pull the trigger when like Ben has no leverage to make something happen now. They don't need to rush it. Like you don't want to settle for something now and then a better trade package is there a couple of months down the line. So I think it just makes sense to wait, even if you know fans want him out there right away. <laughs> yeah, I just want to point out TKR just tweeted a all caps, James on the Hornets, can't believe this is my life. So TKR <laughs> that the, that's the LeBron meme, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Smiling through it all. Can't believe this is my life. So good good for him. Good for him. Um no, yeah, I I I definitely agree with the sentiment from Sean and Tom, which is that um you know, would love to be proven wrong. Uh, I think Ben is probably on the team through tonight. Um, for the second part of the question, you know, who's more likely, who are we more likely to lose? I, I think that, you know, the probably right answer, depending on who we go after, you know, if we assume, you know, based on Jake Fisher's reporting that like maybe Beal's deadline was tonight. So maybe we call Beal out of question but maybe Dame is still a target into the year. Um, if it's Dame, I would say Tyrese more likely just because Tyrese probably right. more value. Like it's just, and Matisse is obviously good. It's just, I think the better the person you're trading for in theory, the more likely it's Maxi because they're thinking like Matisse is good, but Maxi is way more. I mean, Maxi's like what, five years younger than Matisse? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Maxi's, so Maxi's more valuable. I think that the right answer is probably both. Um, but if you have to absolutely pick one, you know, like and the, I think the answer is both if you're going all in for a superstar, but if you have to pick one, I agree. I think it's Maxi for two reasons, which I think is, you know, Maxi's value is, is basically just higher right now for the fact he's younger. He probably has higher upside. And I think you get a lot out of Matisse. If you move Ben, you know, the, for the fact that Matisse is like Matisse isn't a non-shooter, but he's a bad shooter. And the fact that, you can have now Matisse with four shooters instead of a lot of what we had before, which was Matisse and a non-shooter and three shooters. I think it makes a big difference to have Ben gone and be able to give Matisse. You're talking Matisse maybe over 25 minutes a night at that point. So I do, I do think that, yeah. you know, you go with Tyrese as the more likely guy. It's quite easy to start five at that point. Like if he's your weakest, he could easily be your weakest shooter in the starting lineup. And that, that works, like, if, you know, defenders aren't going to respect him now, but he's confident enough to at least shoot a bit. Like, if it progresses at all, that's fine. Worst case scenario, he's still better than Ben. So, like, the spacing's already better. You can maximise his defence, and I think keeping his impact on the wing is just so huge. Like, as an elite defender already, like, if you're losing Ben, it's good to keep that skill set. Um, the thing is, though, like, if, if there's no Dame and no Beal... Is there a trade out there where we're trading Ben and one of those guys? Like, I don't know who Probably the guy is. Just there. Levine, right? That's well, that's what I was like because the Simmons Siakam proposal it was like straight up almost ish. Like maybe like one side giving a tiny bit more, but like it was like roughly considered equivalent. And yeah, um, getting back to some of the draft stuff here. Uh, we have a I, pick, by the way. Uh, Josh Primo at 12 to the Spurs. Whoa! Whoa! Wow. They got Primo at 12? Jesus! Whoa! Uh, he wasn't projected to like the late... So, okay, Josh Primo, I'll just... For people who don't know, quick backstory, like, youngest prospect in the draft. Um, 
no one thought he was going to come out after his one year at Alabama, which he was, he was good. But then, like, he people knew how young he was and he like did good in workouts at like the combine. So they just he decided to stay. And this clearly means that someone gave him a promise. I like Josh Primo was a legit target for the Sixers at 28. That's just, I don't know what to think. Like, so clearly the Spurs love the dude. Um, yeah, just, good, like, like ESP, ESPN and the ringer had Primo for the Sixers at 28 today. Yeah. So you know. Okay, that's the first, like, you know, I, like, didn't expect some of the picks. Like, I was a little surprised by Scotty at four. Um, Franz at eight was not something I was expecting. Um, you could not have convinced me this would actually happen tonight. Yeah. Um, I, wow. So, the Spurs going primo at 12. Um, good shooter, I know, for sure. Uh, and he's, it's just there's so much to develop with him because he is super young. Like, he just turned 18 very recently. Yeah, the the Spurs are in like full rebuild. Like they with the, they have they're definitely in full rebuild with this. The pick. thing is, I never thought this was a possibility, so I never thought about like having to talk about this. <laughs> um, maybe uh, we didn't talk about James Booknight and handsome, and then we can also talk about Josh Primo handsome oh. or not handsome. Just buy me some time here. Yeah, I think Booknight is very handsome, and I'm gonna be the first one to say it. Um. Yeah, I've got yeah, a handsome rating on Book Night. No. Book Night. Um, let me look up. I don't, Josh Primo is a I little know. dangerously young for me to commenting on his handsome, <laughs> but, but let's see here. Yeah, yeah I, was just right. say, I feel like I need to refrain from that. <laughs> as they, uh, yeah, listen, turned 18, guys. It's fine. As the, as the young one from the oh, gastropod, let uh, me chime pa- in here. Pacers. Uh, Book night, I'm going to make no comment. Just... And Primo, I'm going to say, here we go. Uh, Pacers going Chris Duarte at 13. So we just went from wow. the young prospect to the old. Chris Duarte is over 24. Very good. but The Knicks really wanted him. A lot of people wanted him. So like, it's, it's probably the thing that teams shouldn't talk themselves into, but they talk themselves into contributes right away because he's old. And he is good. And I, I thought he was interesting for the Sixers. That's like a versatile offensive piece. I think defensively has some stuff to work on. And it is, and they're at least, at least even though he's old, like as I've had it framed before, you don't want like guys who are good prospects because they're older. It took them a while to figure out. I believe he was in Juco a few years. He had like a very weird path to where he is now. Um, yeah. It's, it's such a cool dissonance though. Uh, you have guys. So Josh Primo is like more than six years younger than Chris Duarte, I believe. <laughs> I, I feel like I, I feel like Duarte is a smart move for Indiana if they're just gonna if they're gonna lose eh. CJ McConnell. Oh, okay, can I just ask him why not Moses Moody? He's still there. Yeah, Dan, Dan is he the big faller so far in your mind? Uh, I don't know if he's the big faller because I don't know if every. I mean, like the thing is, there was no consensus after like the top four. Um, I definitely would have taken him by now. Um, I think he's very good. So. Golden State is up next. I mean, I know we were talking if, about if they fall, if they fall, fall into Moses Moody after not taking it seven, when that probably would have been a good yeah. I mean, GMs would GM should start kicking themselves. If they just let Moses Moody fall to fourteen in Golden State, there's every other GM from one to thirteen should just kick themselves. <laughs> does does everyone that ragged on Golden State have to take it back because they could just pretend that they took Kaminga at fourteen? And Moody at seven, and they would have been perfectly fine with that. It's like, was it? Didn't the um, Ravens take like Hayden Hurst seven spots ahead of Lamar Jackson? Yeah, it's like that. 
Eagles traded the Lamar Jackson pick, by the way, in case anyone needs a reminder. Hey, hey, no, hey. no, no need to remind that. No, we're good. It's fine. I love the way that Woj uh, tweet like. Oh yeah, the Duarte one was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, says Indiana is thrilled at the idea that Chris Duarte is available at number thirteen <laughs> per sources. Just thrilled at the idea. That's the, I think one of my favorites from uh, about a couple of years ago was lasered in on was like oh, right. Oh. He's had some classics yes. over the years. <laughs> oh, the, I remember the laser. I very much remember yeah. that. Wait, no, my th- favorite was I think it was like. He used it with he used it twice in one draft. I believe it was 2018, where he said, "So and so franchise will be unable to resist this prospect," <laughs> or or like, yeah, it's like can't help themselves from taking it. Like, Jesus, like <laughs> um, I have a value question here from Dave Burley on the YouTube comments. He said, "How high up could they move if they bundled 28, 50, and 53?" And would you include Shake in a deal if a favorite prospect fell to you? If they um, include if they include Shake, I will go. I would say as high as twenty. I well, I doubt they can really move up at all because I don't think teams value picks fifty and fifty three very much at all. Yeah, um, they just bought it with cash. So. Uh, so, like Seth yeah. Partnow had a great piece in the Athletic today. Basically, like he didn't want to. It's like I love the draft too. It's very fun. Um, there are about every NBA draft. There's about twenty to twenty five guys who end up being real quote unquote NBA players of like rotation roles in the league. And like especially in the fifties, like basically you're, there's usually about like one guy who becomes a player. So I just think other teams would look at that and say, you know, like okay, great, fifty and fifty three. Um. If they're like a team that's just trying to take a lot of draft picks and wants to get off something, like no, I, I just don't think 50 and 53, even though you could potentially, like we saw with Shake Milton years ago, you can get value out of that. It's potential, it's still not impossible. It's just I don't think it commands much trade value. It's teams are like we're picking two guys who might cut in two years. You, I, don't, think, you don't think they can get to like 25 with that deal? Yeah, but like, what, do you 28 to 25? Like, is that that? I mean, it would have to be like someone they're def, definitely think they can get. Uh, I'm, again, like the three guys I've said, like, I would really love are like Jared Butler, Sharif Cooper, and Kessler Edwards. Um, Kessler is very, uh, draft Twitter loves Kessler mainstream as in closer to the 50 range. Like, if they keep 50 and get Kessler, I would be ecstatic. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, I mean, and, you, yeah, Dan, what are you gonna say? No, I was just gonna say, like, I, I do want to be careful about throwing shake in as kind of like a, uh, like a bait to move up or like almost like an afterthought in this kind of deal. Um, especially if we're in the reality where, you know, and I think it's fair to be past this reality, but maybe I'm just holding on hope because I, I need to. Um, <laughs> but you know, if, if we're talking about like, maybe we get Lillard down the line and we're holding out for that, um, you know, I, I just think that like that kind of deal, you're talking about including Maxi, you're talking about including Matisse. And in that case, like you expect Shake to step up, you expect Shake to yeah. take on a bigger role. And and I don't want to just throw him in like it's nothing. I, I I do think that he was a huge hit in the second half of the second round. And I no, yeah, I don't want to just give him away. Yeah, Shake was He's also like, on a really affordable contract. Yeah, Shake which was objective. Shake was objectively a hit for the Sixers with that draft position. Like, it's objectively very good that that worked out for them. Um, we got some more comments here. Uh, some from Dave Early too. Which pop after the Primo pick, uh, Pop is coaching Team USA. Give him a break. And also, Primo looks so young he makes Olinger look old. Uh, appreciate it, Dave. <laughs> um, 
Ashton says 28, 50, and 53 for Moses Moody, which, I mean, I don't think that's possible because I think Moody has to get picked sometime soon. But if that was possible, yeah, 100%. Do it. Yes, yes, 1,000%. Yeah, Ashton, if I I could make that happen, I would. I, I just don't think it, I don't think that's possible. But um, I'll just, I'll, I'll just start brushing my rotten jersey for good luck now. Then, uh, see, I've had I saw some people saying like on Twitter they think that Corey Kispert might be the next pick for the um, who is it? The Warriors. Uh, that makes too much sense. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just because everyone said shooter, yes, and he is a very good shooter. Um, again, I think the Warriors could do very Moses, well. Moses Moody at fourteen. Oh, there it is. It is Moody. Okay, the Warriors somehow fell into him at fourteen. Okay, that's. Moses Moody, we've talked about him a lot. I think he probably should have gone earlier. Uh, I guess very interesting for the Warriors then, like after a guy thought they probably should take in at seven. Um, I believe Sean, when we had a uh, Bryson Stone on, didn't we? Didn't I think? Uh, I think it was a uh, Stone took Moody at six for the Thunder. Yeah, it was either not. five or six that he wanted. We all agreed that we liked Moody a lot. So, yeah, I mean, like great pick by the Warriors. So I think that's a bounce back after a pick I probably would have made at seven. So. And they are drafting two wings, which I said, like you said, bet on wings. Like you can probably help yourself out a lot. So, yeah. And what kind of player is what kind of player is Duarte? Uh, Duarte. So at Oregon, they let him do a lot of different stuff. Um, he can run some pick and rolls and beat some guys off the dribble because he does have like, even though he's an older guy, he does have some decent athleticism. Like has some strength. Uh, very good balance, I would say. Like, he just gets on balance well and he can, like, throw guys off certain moves. Uh, one thing I love that, and it's similar to a similar Oregon prospect who's now in the MA, Dylan Brooks is very good at. Uh, he's awesome at using his offhand. Like, I, I loved it. There was this clip against UCLA. I think it was since the one guy, uh, Jaime Jaquez, if you guys remember the tournament, he was very good. Um, he drives past him and, like, he gets the advantage and he'll always like throw his arm back to keep someone off of him. So he can like keep the advantage because the rest just don't call it. He like beats Jaime Jaquez and then he flat out just elbows him like straight to the nose. Like it's very <laughs> blatant what happens and just, they don't call it. Um, But yeah, like I think he's a guy who very much knows who he is in terms of, he also like, he's a two foot leaper generally. And we'll keep like two hands on the ball, try and bet on his strength instead of like his, ex- like he can jump and get up, but like it usually has to be in open spaces. Not like, you know, the best athletes are the one like, I mean, it's I, I can't think of a better example at the moment, but it's like, you know, Zion's an incredible athlete because there can be five people around Zion and he can still elevate over all of them. Yeah. Like that's phone booth athleticism is different. Uh, but um, no, Duarte, I think, so for the Pacers, it's just for a team like the Pacers that I think you could, like, I just would have preferred, like, again, it's like Moses Moody's like, what, five years younger than Duarte and I think offers some similar strengths. Like, I, I didn't love that pick for the Pacers. It's like the same thing. Most of draft Twitter agreed on Duarte is that he is a good prospect. He is a good player. We would prefer if you take him like as if you're a contending team in the twenties rather than a lottery team, because the history of lottery picks who are this old is not great. So yeah, I would say Chris Duarte, a good player. And I think he can like have some success as a player for uh, Indiana, but I don't know if he's the best pick for Indiana. The history of going it like not really worrying about, age with their their draft picks though they 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 take a lot of older prospects and don't really worry about that as much as some other organizations like malcolm brogdon being one but didn't they take malcolm brogdon in the second round is like part of it yeah it was uh yeah obviously it wasn't a lottery pick but um i like organization like they took uh was was mcdermott their draft pick or or did they trade for him 
He got traded for drafted by the Bulls. Yeah, I, I need yeah. McDermott not in Philly, uh, not in Indiana. I just don't want to see McDermott light up Danny Green again. <laughs> Dan, poor Danny's very good. Danny's a good defender. Can't cannot for the life of him guard Doug McDermott for what the Movement other uh, run of false screens is his uh oh boy one of his weaknesses. Mm. The other yeah, aspect I guess for Indiana right now is that they just hired Rick Carlisle and he's not there to rebuild. So I guess he's trying to win right now and a guy like Duarte is uh pretty ready to play. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean like tell. that's that makes sense as an argument, but it almost feels like you're doing that just for argument's sake, so you can explain it to people. Like, you right. know, it's 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 like so cliche, it's like kind of hurt. Like a team that's a franchise that has never been okay with tanking in the Pacers and a coach who's not okay with tanking Rick Carlisle will draft the oldest guy in the, the draft <laughs> who is a good player with the 13th pick. Like it I I don't think it's the worst pick, but still. I'm still recovering from the Josh Primo pick at 12. There was no indication that was happening. No. So not not Shams or Woj. Kispert at 15. Kispert at 15, yeah. The Wizards didn't need shooting. Um, I don't know. Does anyone else? Corey Kispert, I think, at least because Gonzaga's in the tournament. People, have, uh, My voice is getting a little dry. I like my throat is getting a little dry. Does anyone else have Corey Kispert thoughts at the moment? <laughs> I like I thought that. he was awful like in the championship game. <laughs> he was <laughs> he, not good. He had, he went on a cold streak at the wrong time, and like his he like started to slow towards the end of the season. I think he's one of the more safe picks. Like I don't know, as a prospect, I think he's very baseline. Like I don't think that the ceiling is very high, but I don't think the floor is very low either. And I think he's just kind of he does the things he's good at. He knows what he's good at. He knows what he's not good at. Um, and he fills a role. And I think. For Washington, they're kind of in a weird situation now, um, but they need guys who can compete right now and don't need time to kind of develop. And I think he's someone who can you can plug and play right now. Washington, yeah, well, Woj said Washington wants some more shooting around Bradley Beal, and Gonzaga's Corey Kispert is a top draft board at number fifteen. Mm. So there's the rationale there. Thanks for the contextualization, yeah. Woj. Kisper or low ceiling sounds like Washington's really locked in in that nine seed in the playing tournament. Um, I just have to say, Moses Moody, I mean, holy shit, what are we doing? Handsome, my god, <laughs> he is really good looking and uh, and a great name. Uh, Emily, Dan, do we have uh, handsome? I mean, if you call him not handsome, I don't know what we're doing here anymore, but he's a really good looking guy, very handsome. Yeah. Oh wait. Also, so you can talk about Moody, but also talk about Corey Kispert because I know that um, I, I someone I remember hearing from someone once that they said if Kispert wasn't good at basketball, he'd be a great TikTok boy. So honestly, that's facts. So right. I don't know if you guys need to Google pictures like to make sure. He looks like he's really good at doing the renegade or whatever those moves are. He looks like a junior congressman. Like he looks like he's on his way up. <laughs> In Washington, and he probably has some bad opinions about gay marriage. Yeah, he doesn't look, uh, you know, no offense, but I'm just saying that that's what I'm getting from him. Are you saying, are you saying Matt Gates vibes? <laughs> yeah, sort of, sort of. Um, hey, here's a good time to take a quick break for our audio listeners uh, on the podcast version. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. 
Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And we're back. All right, we're back, Dan. Uh, what else do you have on uh, Corey Kispert and uh, whatever else? Well, you were the one, you had the sharpest Corey Kispert opinions of anyone here, Steve. Like, you Thank you going. so much. <laughs> so, I have to say, I saw him hug one of his Gonzaga teammates who got picked earlier, and I don't, I'm not like I don't know who these people are. And I said, "Ooh, who's that?" So I'm gonna go big <laughs> handsome on Corey Kisper. Yeah, definitely big handsome, no doubt about handsome. it. Big handsome, definitely handsome. Uh, I think that's an easy one. Whoever we got here at 16, I always like blank for a second. Who's picking now, or at least Who's coming up? After the Wizards took a 50. He's thunder. Oh, yeah, the Thunder. So, so it goes Thunder, then the Pelicans the, from after the trade of the Grizzlies, then the Thunder again. Um, yeah, Alper and Shangun still on the board. So I think it tells us that after all that hype about how good of a prospect he might be, um, I do think teams are concerned about just the – so we actually – so looking through the picks now, just scanning through them in my head, Evan Mobley's really – I mean, like some people will say Jane, uh, Scotty Barnes is a center – but I mean, Evan Mobley's the only real like center been taken, and I think that's right. Do you guys remember last year? Like they took twelve centers in the first round, which was like objectively incorrect. Yeah, I I, yeah. I still don't get over the Udoka as a bouquet pick at twenty eight, and I like don't want to mean the guy, but like that was just he his one Bad. skill was like dunking and rim rim protection against overwhelmed college athletes. Like I just didn't. Like you had guys like Xavier, you have the bigs like mobile bigs like Xavier Tillman, or what was it? Our our guy Desmond Bain went at 30. It's like Desmond Bain was for four years in college one of the best shooters there was, and they're just <laughs> letting him slide there. Um, hey, yeah, um, yeah, Dan. Sorry, real quick. Um, I know that they're right now taking a moment to honor uh Terrence oh, yeah. Clark, and um, you know, I obviously I know about Terrence Clark's, Clark's death and it's very tragic, but um. You know, I can't say I watch a ton of a uh, ton of college basketball. So, if anyone knows anything more about Terrence Clark, either as a player or as a person, um, I think it'd be it'd be a good time to just you know talk a little bit about him because um, it's definitely been you know pretty tragic with regards to this this NBA draft and and Kentucky and Terrence Clark. Yeah, I mean, just very very sad story, obviously, but. Uh... Terrence uh, was like very athletic guard. Uh, Kentucky's whole team, they had a rough year, but Terrence is a very enjoyable player to watch. Um, I know he, he plays with a lot of passion, like was very vocal on the court at all times. Uh, I believe he's from, he was from Boston and like would talk a lot about how he was from Boston. Very much appreciate the city there. Uh, I know the Celtics traded the 16th overall pick, which is, but I think that's, I believe that's why this, he's taking your quote unquote at 16 because this would have been Boston's pick which he, I think there's like pictures of him when he was growing up, like, 
or not like right, but from a few years ago, like at at Celtics mm-hmm. games, cheer on like Tatum. You like 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 I think Donovan Mitchell's like from the New England area, and like he they would talk a lot. Um, yeah, it's very very tragic. Uh, what happened to Terrence? That would have definitely been picked tonight, and uh, just sending all thoughts prayers to him and his family in Kentucky. Still at the time, just never gets easier. But a uh, good moment right here. It's always nice to see what they they do, and obviously, just such terrible situations. You never want to have to have to do this. But uh, I always found how the the NBA uh, handles these situations is pretty pretty tasteful. I know um, a couple of years ago, who's the player? I, I, the name is escaping me. He uh, he wasn't able to be drafted. It was the the center from Baylor, Isaiah Austin. Yeah. Yes. 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 I thought that was really cool what they did for him, and obviously. You know, losing such an incredible athlete and from all intents and purposes, I mean, I don't know the guy, but you know, an incredible person. Um, it's really tough, but I, I think the NBA does a great job of reminding his family and, and loved ones that, you know, they're, they're always going to be a part of the NBA family, um, you know, for as long as, as the league is there. So I think family being able to lean on the league is, uh, is really cool. Is, um, does anyone else want to talk about Terrence Clark before we go to the chat here? We have a question in the chat. Um, if anyone else wants to say something else, uh, let me know. If not, uh, I do want to answer this question here. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, so we have a question from Greg Lynch. Um, doesn't most of the problem with Ben come from evaluating him as a point guard? Uh, is there any universe where he stays and just plays the four with Tobias at three? Is stretch for the only valid archetype in modern era? Um, yeah. So I, I think, think definitely we should get. Sorry, go, go ahead, Tyler. The issue is that he hasn't been able to develop any kind of game outside of passing ball in, in the however many years he's been as a sixer. I mean, he has point guard ability. He just hasn't been able to shoot, or even seems like he wants to learn how to shoot. So I, I think that's a him problem. It's not really a, an evaluation problem. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've. And this was almost like kind of an unpopular opinion back. Uh, this was even before my Liberty Ballers days, but I always kind of viewed Ben as more of like a, you know, a stretch for like, you know, definitely capable of dribbling good ball handler, but not necessarily a true uh, one type of player um, before, in, but, you know, kind of, kind of before we hit this even breaking point. Um, I think a lot of the issue with Ben is, kind of twofold um one part of it is that you know the ben the one thing a lot of that has come from ben you know ben wants to be the one ben has said for a long time he sees himself as a point guard that's very comfortable um and so you know for the team to believe in him in that way it's almost implying they believe in him taking a step forward they believe in him you know being that being that guy that he might not be yet but says you know he believes he thinks he can be um and he hasn't quite been yet. And then I think the other side of it is, you know, to answer kind of all of the, this almost three-part question, I don't see Tobias as a three. I think Tobias is a stretch four. Yeah. And, you know, is stretch four the only valid archetype in the modern era? I mean, I don't think your four has to be a stretch four. I mean, there's fives you can shoot. I just don't think that Ben really is a four. I think that you maximize Ben by putting him on the ball. But I also think there's a lot of better players you can put on the ball. And I think that is kind of complicating for Ben at this point. And, you know, anyone else feel free to disagree. I know I'm, I'm pretty low on Ben relative to the group probably, 
But I think that a, a big issue with Ben that I see is that you absolutely, in my eyes, maximize him on the ball. But I think there's a lot of other players that are still better on the ball. So, you know, anyone else, you know, feel free to chime in. Although, so we have um, uh, Oklahoma City is trading the 16th pick to Houston, and Houston is taking Alperin Sangoon at number 16. Um, but everyone else, you know, feel free to chime in on either that or this question. Um, but that's how I feel about it. So, so what's the opposite of a stretch for? Is there like a rigid four term? <laughs> that he um, he's, a, he's, yeah. a, he's a tight four. Tight four. So, tight four. Yeah, that, the problem with Ben isn't that you could just – isn't just that he doesn't shoot, which is obviously a huge problem. It's that he doesn't do, if he doesn't have the ball in his hands, he doesn't do anything else on, on offense. He just kind of sits in that dunker spot and defenses don't have to worry about him at all. Like he's not a great off ball cutter. He doesn't set screens and roll hard. He, he just doesn't have like great finishing at the rim abilities if, unless he's in transition and has a head of steam with the ball in his hands. So if you're not using him as a point guard, then there's just this guy out there that teams can completely ignore. And then his defender will clog up the lane and do whatever else that, that bogs down your offense. So yeah. Could he play next to Tobias? Sure. I like, I wouldn't call Tobias the three then because Tobias would still be guarding the, the taller, stronger guy on the other end. Like Ben would still be guarding a perimeter guy defensively. So you can call it what you want. The problem is that if Ben isn't your point guard, then he's even more of an offensive liability. And that just, in this day and age, that doesn't work for you. What do we think that the Rockets traded to get 16 from the Thunder? So I, at least one one of them has to be like at least a tw- either the 23rd or 24th pick, if not both, right? For sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. It so, might be, honestly, it might be both. So Corey Kispert just came on my screen and mm-hmm. uh, we've been doing a Gossip Girl rewatch and he absolutely looks like <laughs> A guy that went to Columbia and is trying to declare <laughs> or something. <laughs> that's that's my that's my thought on Corey Kispert. So is, is that a good thing or a bad? Is that a plus or a minus, Sean? Um, I feel like he's 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 objectively handsome. He looks a little bit like he was born into money and didn't do much with it. Wow, big time. Corey Kispert just taking a beating on the Liberty Ballers draft Jesus. wise. Hey, yeah, we have, uh, Oklahoma City. Yeah. Uh, Houston saying Oklahoma City two future first round picks for number 16. Two future first for number 16? And that's from Woj. Yep. I want to know so how far. Keeping it two these years year too. I want to know how far, what protections are on those and how far in the future. Because if it's like next year, the Rockets yeah. could like just. The Rockets could probably be bad again next year, so um, probably. Dan, who do you think who do you think they're trading up for here? Uh, the, the Rockets. The Rockets. Well, they yeah. already got announced. Took Alperin Sengun at sixteen. Oh, you're right. That's what the pick is. That's for yeah. really. Hmm. Hmm. What Not do you think tra- about the fit with him and Christian Wood? I don't like it as much as I would have liked the fit with Evan Mobley. Um, I I, I think it's an interesting process to trade up for Alperin Shengun at 16 when you could have taken Evan Mobley at two. Yeah. Um, I I just really want to know what the protections are on those picks and when they're coming. Cause 
Also, so now OKC has like what thirty nine picks. Like they just added two more picks. They well, over lost one added two, so added just added another pick. Our good friend Sixers Adam quote tweeted Woj's tweet and said, "Press Sam Presti is showing an all time commitment to a bit at this point." <laughs> I mean, he is like he, the dude wants every single draft pick. Eventually, it's going to pay off. Yeah, there has there has to be some serious protections on these picks. <laughs> has to be. Like, yeah, there definitely has to be some protection. But then I don't think the Thunder would make the trade if it was like top five protected next year. So they thought the Rocks a uh, Steve hand raised. I feel like a teacher. Uh, from uh, from Jake Fisher, who we've mentioned tonight. The two future first-round picks are from Detroit and Washington, sources said. Two bad teams. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Jake with the scoop. Yeah, I don't know, but we talked about Shangun already. Um, but yeah, I, I don't even know. If I, there's so many divisive opinions on him. I really, some people think this is good business, others won't. Uh, I think it's the tiebreaker has to be if this is if he's handsome or not handsome. That's the only way to decide. <laughs> have we seen him yet on the stream here? You you have Google, you can do it. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> We're talking yes, Sangoon, right? You know what? I like a man who takes charge. I appreciate. We're it. talking about Sangoon. Yeah. No. Okay, so no, I looked up the protections on those picks. And the Detroit pick is protected one through 16 in 2022, then one through the next two years. Um, Washington pick is one through 14 in 2023. I would say that the Detroit pick will definitely convey one of those three years. So I'm pretty sure with Cade they're get, and the pieces they have, they're getting better to the point they're out of that range. Um, I would say in 2023, especially if a Bradley Beal trade does happen, there's a good chance that Washington pick doesn't convey in that way then. Does that sound about right? Yeah, so it, it goes 1 through 14, then 1 through 12, then 1 through 10, then 1 through 8. And then it would be a second, two seconds, if not by then. So the Thunder continue to be very forward-looking. <laughs> Man, Dan Volpone, I'm, I'm interested to see why, why did you say Sangoon is uh, handsome? I, I don't get it. Uh, I'm disagreeing with you here. Listen, hey, listen, everyone can feel free to, to disagree here. Yeah, I have to uh, concur with Dan here. Hang on, wait. So I feel like I was texting with Dan O. Oh, I remember. So I was, I was saying, because um, I was saying someone I thought should have been higher in the general NBA Twitter vibes because they had good hair. Also, I thought they were better than the consensus. Um, but we, Dano and I agreed that uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, just, you know, in general had good hair. And I think that Sangoon also has good hair. It has nice curly hair. Um, I think that that's, you know, that's a big, that's a big play into his, uh, into his handsomeness. So that's basically my rationale there. We got. So wait, inter- get, oh wait, Dan, did Steve, you go you, handsome you, or not handsome? I voted handsome. I thought he was. I thought he was pretty handsome. I'm not seeing it. Yeah, that's I'm what not, I'm saying. Steve. I'm not gonna lie. Here, hang handsome. on. 
I'm not Emily, gonna lie. Emily, everyone I've ever been asked about, I, I voted everyone handsome tonight. So there's that. <laughs> it's a very handsome, it's a generational handsome draft. It's a great Emily. handsome draft. Yeah. I, I did want to. Am I the tiebreaker? Does this mean I'm the tiebreaker? You are. Wow. This is hard. Um, I don't want to offend our Turkish <laughs> listeners. I Come love on. I love Turkey. I love Burkhan Korkmaz. He's great. Um, but I'm gonna say no comment on this one. Thank you. Come on, you gotta, you gotta crack a few eggs to make an omelet. All right. Sorry, Anton, whatever his name is, not happening. Alperen Schenk. But um, I hope he has a great successful career and that matters more. I want to know where Anton Shengun is, but um, uh, there's a good quote, which um, I don't think I would have said this if I was Nick Nurse, but uh, Nick Nurse says Scotty Barnes reminds him of OG and Pascal, which uh, I, I, just a weird thing to say right away. Um, so good for the Raptors, I guess. Well, it makes sense because they both went with the number four pick, right? So that's good. Emily, I really appreciate Luna. Uh, I keep trying to like move. Paws. These are her paws. She's just like hey, and I've uh, her paws. Oh my I've god! Had a, I've had a good cuddle night with Luna before, and she is a big <laughs> sweetie. She's a big sweetie. Like I, you can you can see she's just oh sprawled and like adorable. Emily, I thought that was like a standing plant that you have in your apartment. I had no <laughs> idea this was her legs. Her, her paws. <laughs> Uh, I wanted to say this, so Greg Lynch had a follow-up after we answered his one question in the comments, uh, saying he appreciated the answer, and then hopefully Tease continues to develop Trey shot. Murphy at 17, by the way, to the Pels. Sorry, go ahead, Dan. No, yeah, after I, we'll touch on Trey Murphy right after this, but uh, continues to develop shot, but at the moment, he offers less in offense than Ben. I wonder how much of the difference in opinion between the two players comes from expectations, and that's in relation to Matisse Thibel and Ben Simmons. Um, does anyone have any thoughts on that? Like how a difference of the opinion of Matisse and Ben is changed by our expectations of them? Yeah, I, I'll, I'll chime in here. Um, I, I think it's fair to, um, you know, expectations is one thing, right? And, and I think that, you know, it's, at some point it is a fair criticism to say maybe you expected too much. Um, but another thing is investment. Um, so, you know, Matisse went at like 24, I want to say. Um, ben was the first pick. Ben was, you know, the result of many years of tanking. Ben is on a max contract. Ben is a guy who, if you believe a lot of local reporters, which I tend to do, I think we have a very good local media, um, is a guy we let Jimmy go for. Um, and I, I, I think that, you know, and even, you know, even if you factor in the next contract, right, like Matisse is still on his rookie deal, Ben is not. Um, Matisse isn't getting Ben's deal on his next contract. Um, and I, I think that expectations is one thing, and that is true, but investment is another thing. And we have a lot of assets invested in Ben that we don't have invested in Matisse. And, you know, you could talk about whether that's fair or not and whether, you know, if I were Ben, I wouldn't have turned it down either. And that's, you know, that's fair. It's not really a personal remark on Ben. But um, right now, it's just the reality that you could have Matisse for a lot less than you could have Ben for. And, you know, is Ben better? Of course. But can you get, 
you know, better shooting, worse facilitating, but, you know, maybe if you move Ben, you get the chance to get a better primary creator and a better three-point shooter around Matisse, giving Matisse more minutes. You know, on the defensive end, I do think Ben is a better one-on-one guy, but Matisse is probably, I think, a decent amount better off the ball, to be honest. Um, and I think there's a there's a real argument that, that is probably more important on the perimeter. Um, and you, you're talking about maybe Matisse's next deal is like low, very low teens. And right now he's a lot less than that. Um, so I think, you know, expectations, yes, that's a real critique, but expectations often turns into the next contract. And we're kind of at the point with Ben where that next contract is very much a reality. Uh, and, and that's why I, I do think that like, I'm very excited to have Matisse around going forward and think that, you know, if we can move Ben now and someone thinks that they can like fix them, that they can like fix Ben and, you know, kind of, kind of fundamentally reinvent what Ben is, which I don't think is a reality at all, but the, at the very least, not a reality for the Sixers, um, that, that it is time to move on and, and kind of like, you know, get, get a primary creator and give Matisse more minutes. That's where I'm at. Uh, Woj continuing the tradition tonight of saying atop their draft board that in referencing Trey Murphy was picked <laughs> to the Pelicans. Um, Trey is a guy I wrote about for the site. Um, I definitely was interested in him as like a potential stretch four option because athletic dude at around six, nine and has some like good length, some decent quick twitchness and like shot 44% from three. Um, the issue is he's not very versatile and his shot is very much kind of a standstill, like catch and shoot, or he'll, he can do it off backpedaling. Uh, again, I'm referencing PD Webbing because he's probably the best draft analyst there is, but um, he, he, uh, I remember he had something about like in trades, like three years of college, which was uh, two at Rice, I believe before transferring to Virginia. Um, like he only took like 30 to 40 off the dribble jumpers at all. Like he does not shoot off the dribble very much. And it just lacks versatility. I, I understand the fit for the Pelicans as just a guy with size and definitely will command respect from the defense just with his space. Like if he stands in the corner above the break, like the team just can't leave my books, he will hit it spot up threes. Um, I, I'm trying to think if there's probably any pick I would have loved, but Jaden Springer probably would, out of Tennessee probably would have been a really good pick. Uh, I mean, Jaden Springer. Uh, what was that idea? I didn't hear that. <laughs> Thank you. No, I was, I was agreeing with you on, on Springer. Okay. okay. Yeah, I think you might have froze up there for a sec on the All screen. Right. But um, yeah, like uh, I think it's a little too high for Trey Murphy because I think of his lack of versatility offensively. Like he, he always wants to drive left, which usually shows that he wants to shoot or like kind of leverage like some like his height against people. But he's just doesn't have a lot of he, I don't think he after you close out on him and force him to put the ball on the ground, I don't think he does a ton, even though he is pretty athletic. Um, he can, he backdoor cuts pretty well. He knows how to use that. And defensively, I mean, just if you have length and like you're quick and you've gone to Virginia, you know how to play positionally, you're okay, pretty good. Uh, he does, he does like, he's not very strong yet. So he gets a little handsy. Like I said, I compared it to like, um, like the way John Collins does where, because he's a little weaker in his chest, like he gets super handsy. And so like certain rest, like you'll get a ton of foul calls with him. He's just banking on that. Um, yeah, I, I think he's fine. I don't know if I would have taken this. I probably would have preferred it if the Pelicans, like, I mean, it's good at least that they trade back from, didn't take him at 10 and trade back to 17 to get him. It's fine, ultimately. I don't think, it's really hard. I mean, again, there's not a huge consensus on who's the better players in this draft. 
But like, I mean, my guy, like just for an example, like I think my guy Kessler Edwards is a little bit better than Trey. Just no knock him. I'm very high on Kessler, but uh, yeah, I, I definitely. But it's, with all these picks, I can at least like understand what they're doing with it, which is something. So, <laughs> oh, do we have any opinions on Trey handsome or not handsome? Oh, he's not on the screen right now, so you again have to use those those keyboards. Wait. Wait, was this Trey Murphy or Trey Man? Sorry. Trey Murphy, Trey Murphy. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. But as a, uh, you know, obviously I haven't been to the draft as you have. And by say as much, I mean like a hundred times less. Um, I still confuse some of these guys. But let me take a quick look. Oh, I've yeah, definitely. A, definitely. Handsome. Yeah, I've got a handsome rating. Easily. Yeah. Easily. I think he's handsome, but I also think he looks really young. So that's what I have to say. Um, Dan, do you have a uh, a prospect who's fallen way further than you anticipated? No one's fallen kind of, of like the mocks I was reading, fallen really lower than I would have expected. Uh, What about according to your personal board? Uh, like so, a guy I think should have been drafted yet who hasn't been. Um, let me think on that for a second. Like I, I mean, it's the guys I was listing basically, like Jared Butler, Sharif Cooper, and Kessler Edwards. I think are all talented enough to have gotten picked at this point. Um, so that would probably be the guys I would think. Just like I, I'm trying to think. Like uh, I'll put it like here's a good one. Um. If Sacramento was going to draft a small guard who's coming off their bench, I would just prefer to take Sharif Cooper over Davion Mitchell. He's younger and I think just better at this point, much better passer. Um, I mean, Sharif is like a Sharif is an unreal passer, like the best slot passer in the draft. And I mean, Auburn was the most fun team to watch on like planet Earth because it was Sharif and four guys who the coach didn't really trust the ball in their hands to make decisions, but they were all super athletic. Like, so it's just, you remember in uh, 2016 OKC when Russell Westbrook would just get downhill and throw lobs to Andre Robertson who would cut from the baseline court. They do that like seven times a game. There's one I remember specifically. I forget what his name was, the specific player, but um, Sharif throws a lob to one dude. She gets so high up, he dunks it and then swings around. Hey, the guys, Trey Man at 18, sorry. Trey Man, I'll talk about it right after that, but the Auburn player dunks it and then swings around to the other side of the backboard and, like, slaps the top of the backboard as he's falling down. Like, very fun fun team. Like, chaotic and didn't win a ton of games because Sharif could only play 12 games due to the NCAA investigation, but very fun team. Uh, You said Trey Man at 18 to the – To the Thunder. Hmm. I don't know how – because Trey's man's interesting. I was a little lower on him because my thing of Trey is like he's great at off the dribble shooting in terms of like space creation, like snatch back dribble is elite, stops on a dime, very good handles. Um, but he kind of has to make all those off the dribble shots because he's not like outlier good at anything else. Doesn't get to the rim a ton, nor have a ton of finishing craft. Uh, while he can handle when he gets the tighter spaces, he doesn't have the burst to really go through them. Um, defensively well at least he's six he's like they say he's six five he looked a little shorter than that to me like at least on film he plays a little smaller than that um he's very skinny too so like basically defensively like a guy who has to be positionally and like awareness wise kind of perfectly to just be league average i don't think he's that 
And then passing wise, he's like, he can hit occasional kickoffs and dump downs. It's not like a bad, like a very bad passer, but definitely not his strength, I would say. And again, I think he needs the ball in the sense, but he does like provide in theory, if he's like a really good shooter, he, it's a great skill to have, which is off the dribble three point pull up shooting, which is just such an invaluable skill. So I just, like we said, with like, they already have Shea Gildas Alexander. They already drafted Teo Maladon last year. They drafted Josh Giddy. Those are, I mean, Teo can play off the ball, but like Shea and Giddy are definitely guys who will be better with the ball in their hands and like can split between them. And Trey Mann, again, is a guy I think like best value is with the ball in his hands. So, I mean, I don't hate it for the Thunder because again, like when you're a team building this much up, you can kind of just pick who you want. Fit is really irrelevant. But it, it, I don't know if it would have been my pick. Uh, it's de- although you could definitely say like Trey has a lot of upside if he hits this outcome as a like nuclear shooter. So it's something to something like that. Uh, Dan, do you want to go back to? I know you had asked if it was Trey Man or Trey Murphy for handsome, not handsome. Do you want to go to that for Trey Man? Uh, so we can, but I, I do want to say like actually for actually important stuff real quick. Um, the Knicks are trading the 19th pick to Charlotte for a future first round pick. So Charlotte has the next pick. Hmm. Okay. Uh, and Charlotte is taking Kai Jones. Oh, oh what a great pick. That's a great that pick. Awesome. Well, Kai, Kai had been off with the Hornets a lot. So first of all, Kai, again, great vibes. Uh, Kai is like a freaky athlete. <laughs> Just like 6'11 dudes shouldn't sprint like that. Um, I think there was one play where he uh, he did the thing where, you know, like I think you guys have seen like Tyree Kill and Jamar Chase do it on a football field where they get knocked down their back and he flips back up. And this dude's 6'11". Um, so, Dan, so, this was the guy in our mock that went fifth overall. Yeah, Bryce Hendricks, a good friend. Uh, he he loves Kai. I think he has him like as fourth or fifth prospect in the draft. Uh, so, I'm sure he loves, loves that one. Uh, yeah, Kai and the Hornets. Oh, Kai, LaMelo will throw such re- ridiculous So lobs. many lobs. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I'm a huge I cannot like, wait. Interesting. He is so fun. I wanted to – interesting thing I want to think of now, like someone else can take this, but – um. So I know the Hornets have been linked to Rashawn Holmes, and obviously like, you're probably not building around Kai Jones, so you're not going to like say just because we have Kai, we can't have Rashawn. But since they traded for Plumlee and then drafted Kai Jones, who I Kai, like people say, he could play smaller because like of his speed, but I think in his best setting, he's probably a center. Do we think this probably means the Hornets are less likely to sign Rashawn due to these moves? Yeah, probably because they traded a future pick to get this pick for Jones. I just don't see it. I think they're kind of just moving forward with the guys they have now. Like you said, Jones can play some center. Obviously, Plumlee's there to stoke up some minutes. I mean, I I don't hate Plumlee as much as some other. I think some others. I think he's obviously he's not great, but he, I think he's fine. He's, he's a fine bridge player for a year or two. Um, and obviously, you know. I think Kai and PJ Washington, they're together. They're they're going to be inside. They're going to be playing for rebounds. Um, I the Hornets are doing a lot down low. Tyler, I wanted to ask you, because I think I saw that Kai Jones was super high on your personal board. Mm-hmm. Like, what is it about him that you really love? I just think he does it all. I think he's super rangy. He's super athletic. Like you said, LaMelo is going to be tossing him a ton of lobs. Um, he's got a sneaky good shot. I think it needs to be worked on, but I think it's the form is there. Um, and I think fitting him next to PJ Washington, it's going to be really fun. I just, I really like him as a player. I think another guy, um, 
who he reminds me a lot of, not necessarily with the shot and all, but just athleticism is Isaiah Jackson, who still is on the board, uh, who I really like a lot out of the University of Kentucky. Those are two of like my guys, just big athletic forwards that can finish around the rim um, and are working on those shots. I think that there's a lot to build with there. Um, still pretty raw for both of those guys, but I think there's a lot to like there. So I just want to say I don't think that this would necessarily stop them from pursuing homes. Um, they're a team that really wants to make the playoffs, and I feel mm-hmm. like they would be willing to do a, a short-term update with Holmes. And then if Kai develops a year or two from now, Holmes would still be a very desired commodity. They can trade Holmes to another team and get some help at a different position if Kai was ready to step in. Sean, what about Mason Plumley? So Plumley, <laughs> the, the Plumley is a bad contract. They took him on and got draft assets by doing it. It's not like you say they traded for Plumley, and yeah, sure, Plumley is a fine player. I'm not saying he's a bad player, and he could help them more on the court too. But because you get draft assets by taking on a bad contract, you're not suddenly going to stop going after Rashawn Holmes, who you've been coveting for months. I'm going to call on Dan now, who has his hand up. <laughs> No, I just have a like. This is a question for the uh, talking about podcast crew. Um, you know, we've heard a lot of talk about the Sixers are likely to trade number twenty-eight. Um, now that Ben is still on the team, we've gone past the Raptors. The Raptors, we've gone past the Warriors. Um, do you now think we're more likely to make a pick at twenty-eight? Well, like objectively, yeah, we are definitely more likely because it hasn't been traded yet. Um, I, I'm very interested in that there's still a lot of, like, like I said, the three guys I really want, like, actually four probably, you could probably throw Jaden Springer. Well, they're all there, right? Sharif, Jaden Springer, Jared Butler, Kessler Edwards, all have not been picked. Uh, neither of other interesting guys like Bones Highland, Deuce McBride that we mentioned. Uh, Jalen yeah. Johnson at 20 to Atlanta. Ooh, Jalen mm-hmm. Johnson went 20 to them. Um, okay, so, I mean, Jalen, there wasn't a ton of film on him. As people know, like, he was a high prospect, came to Duke. Uh, Played with them for the first few games and left the team um, due to reasons that were undisclosed. Uh, and I, again, like from draft people I trust, the thing I heard is that like the mis- the term like mystery box gets overused, like in terms of evaluating draft prospects. But Jalen Johnson, like, really might be that where we're not sure what he is. It's just very hard to th- say. Um, but yeah, that's I did not because I know Atlanta. Like people for a while thought they were taking Cam Thomas, so. That's an interesting one. Um, so Sean, if Atlanta can still have their Duke quota if they trade Reddish away. <laughs> um, Sean, so Dan asked us about, like, uh, why am I blinking what he asked? Uh, whether or not the Sixers might trade or is it likely or less likely? What do you think yeah. of that? So I entered the night. I didn't think the Ben trade was going to happen tonight. I, I feel like the, what Daryl was, as I said earlier, what Daryl was asking, what teams were willing to give up, which was too far apart. So I never expected the trade to happen. So I, I don't think anything's changed in my mind. I still think they're more likely than not to, to trade the pick. Um, as everybody discussed earlier, it could be for veteran wing help right away. It could be for to even build the draft asset uh, cache, cash, like even, even more, like to, to just get more assets for a future trade. Um, I, I just, I, if, if, a guy that they really like falls to them. It's still it's possible. Yeah, they could use the pick, but I, I'm still of the opinion that 28 is going to be traded. I just don't know who a 28 helps right away. 
which is why I'm leaning towards they trade the pick for future assets for a future trade down the line. Or I guess yeah, well, I've always kind of held in the league. I've always kind of held free agency as like when the Ben trade is more likely to go down before teams with cap space that might have to facilitate something as a third party before they, they use that cap space. I feel like that's kind of the the more unofficial deadline for the Ben trade more, more so than what draft night was because honestly, the Sixers are as win now as it gets. Like you have to put the best team forward for Joel. So yeah, draft night implications could have, if there's a third team involved, but I don't think the Sixers were really like looking at these, these draft guys in the lottery or whatever. And that wasn't really entering the equation for a Ben trade for them as much. Um, I- I think this pick for the Knicks right here, so now it's 21. It's, it's so weird because, you know, like the – what is it on the um, the actual, like, broadcast? They just had Kai Jones picked, and we're, like, a little bit ahead of that, obviously. Um, I think the Knicks, like, this is the spot, like, a guy like Sharif Cooper to fall, he would make perfect sense in New York. So I think, like, if that's a big one, like, the, like if you're talking about, like, an inflection point, like – whether he gets picked here or not. Um, honestly, any of the guards like Jared Butler and Jaden Springer are probably working in New York too. New York like just needs a guard who creates advantages and can then pass out of them because they really lacked that this past year, especially in the playoffs. Yeah. So, I mean, like, it's just a big one to see what the Knicks do right here. So, we'll, obviously, if anyone gets more of the Knicks pick, uh, good. I got yelled at in a group chat just now because I didn't know that they didn't want, apparently didn't want people to spoil picks and I spoiled Kai Jones for them. Which apparently I wasn't supposed to do. So according to them, I'm going to prison. Sorry, it's the days of the internet. What are you gonna do? Uh, We haven't gotten some handsome. Not they're they're watching a YouTube live stream, but they don't pay attention to Twitter where everybody announces picks. Um, handsome. I haven't got a handsome, non-handsome update in a while. Um, so like our last few picks, Kai Kai Jones and Jalen Johnson. Do we have any thoughts on them? Kai Jones definitely handsome. His suit is fire too. The pink, the pink suit with the uh, white unbuttoned shirt. Yeah, yeah. more fit king. Guys, <laughs> just so you know, my other side had colors and like jewels in the crown, but it's backwards, so I'm sad about it. Still looks great. A lot of effort put into it. A lot of effort. <laughs> I tried really hard. I was late. I think it's fine. Bye. <laughs> We love we love you and we love the effort, Emily. Always, every time. Yeah. I think Kai Jones and Jalen Johnson are both handsome. Do we have a third? Uh, I do want to ask, like, um, so now that we're twenty picks in, who you guys to pick? Who is the most handsome prospect so far that's been taken? Yeah, I'm gonna three up again. Twenty picks. Moses, Moses Moody for me. Man, that is tough. <laughs> of the whole draft? It, it's these first 20 picks. Hey, hey, you guys you guys are professionals. This is your this is your thing. This is your I bit. need like a list with pictures. Yeah, I know. Please. Listen, I mean if we're if we're talking about just this year, I really don't know. But if we're talking about the last two years combined, it's definitely still Isaiah Joe. We're talking about this year, Dan. Oh no, I don't know, Emily. I feel like Isaiah Joe trumps both. I do want to just <laughs> quickly say uh because Ant-Man 8003 in the YouTube chat 
So uh, Ant Man's good dude. Yeah, he is. Uh, so, said he asked if Trey Man's still there, and Trey Man is not still there. He was taken at 18th by the OKC Thunder. Just gonna let you know he is not available. I know he he had said. I believe Ann had said that he liked Trey Mann as a fit for the Sixers at 28, so he did not make it there. Um, but, yeah, go back to the handsome, not handsome debate, the real content that people want. Ant-Man in the comments also gave us a mystery box of poo, so I don't really know. I think that might have a reference to Jay, his opinions on Jalen Johnson. I referenced Jalen Johnson <laughs> in the that might, I might be. I, I'm not sure. Feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, man. <laughs> Either way, I appreciate it and I accept it. And um, we're very happy about that. Em- Emily, have you come up with your number one of the night? No. <laughs> I'm still researching and confirming. It's honestly between Kai Jones. I really, he looked great in that suit. I'm into mm-hmm. it. And I still really really like Jalen green let me say this let me say this i have a couple friends i have a couple friends who are tuning in because i sent them a link and you know i i want to remain somewhat neutral here but let me toss in a few of their opinions we have a one for Corey kispert okay and one for Jalen green Corey kispert. the two most handsome of the night and I, I don't think you could go wrong with either. I think they're both very handsome. So Corey, no, Corey, no complaints. Corey Kispert, most famously known for looking like he was born into money and then didn't do anything with it. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, Corey Kispert gets knocked because, like, his his suit was not as cool. Both Jalen Green that's, that's and Kyle Jones had very cool suits. And so if there's a tiebreaker, I have to go to the cool suits. So... I just love how everybody wrote off Josh Primo because he's so young. Like that's, just, young. that's just hilarious. Too young. Too yeah, like you can't. <laughs> he did just turn eighteen. Yeah, and he and he wasn't he wasn't in Brooklyn, right? He's not there, so we weren't even able to evaluate a fit at all. Right. Yeah, the fit is important, right? The fit is important. important. He gets an I, NA. I, I yeah. would his own NA. Way. If we're going off fit, like part of it's because who he is, like Scotty Barnes, like he's so confident and like happy. He like knows like, oh, I look so good right now. Like you yeah. can just tell like, he, he's very confident. Just like, oh, man, this look at how awesome I, awesome I am. Which, I mean, Scotty is kind of awesome just as a per- person in general. So, you know, good for him. He seemed great. Um, what can you tell us about Keon Johnson, who is the number one ranked player available here for ESPN? Uh Keon was the other prospect on Tennessee along with Jaden Springer. Uh, I, I know he started basketball later than most. Like, he hasn't been playing for too long. Um, has some, like, he definitely needs to put on strength, like, or put, on, put on muscle, like, some weight there because he can get bumped pretty easily and a little out of control at times. I think defensively, while he's very uh, – Keon's hyper-athletic. I believe he broke the vertical record. Like, the dude can jump. Um, there's, like, one play in the season where – he went full court at the end of a half and like jumped from the free throw line, contorted midair, then like an up and under layup. Like yes. he, he can jump for days. And like, that's also his thing. It's like, he can work in these little mid range fadeaways that he has decent touch on just because no one can contest his point jump point. But like the shot needs work. The ball handling needs work. It's he's very much a, he very much will not be good to start. I think. Um, but I do think he's like an interesting bet for a team. Like if you're, I'm trying to think like a good fit for him. Uh, I mean, it's just like you're betting on a lot of athletic tools and at least that the shot isn't broken because it's not broken. Um, and I do think he's a very fun, very fun guy to watch too. 
I, I think defensively he gets a little bit too caught up in just running around instead of like this is a big thing I problem I have prospects this is one that probably to Deuce McBride as well is that sometimes the athletic guys like they get too content running alongside their men like when they're guarding them like being parallel to them as they're driving the basket and you're like you're letting the guy get his shoulder into you which is just like an advantage I I remember specifically this was a pro I couldn't let this happen like when I would guard so like I was like the second best player on my team and the best player is my best friend he he would drive into me and he has like really strong shoulders so if I was not if I ever got parallel I have to be in front of him at all times because if I'm parallel with him he's just shielding me off and scoring like that's it and you just don't want that to happen. Like, again, a, a good counter, this is like Franz Wagner. Like, guys are always running into his chest and his core. Because yeah. he just anticipates well, takes great angles, and does stuff like that. And Keon, that's something that, like, he needs to learn how to do. So that would probably be my summation on him. Uh, do we have a word on the Knicks pick yet? It's been a while. Not for 21, no. Yeah, nothing yet. This is, uh, this, this is what you want, right? Like... Like Bush spoiled the first three picks in a row by like six hours before the draft. Like you want you want to not know what's coming up. So just just to circle back to the confidence wearing the suit thing, would that be the intangibles they keep alluding to? I mean that must be it. What's funny is that they're probably saying intangibles for Scotty Parnes because of things they can tangibly see. Cause you know he's clapping all the time, he dances on the court, he's like super vocal, like just clearly has cared about every single like play that's ever happened very yeah, you that that's something you can measure that's what that is but well it's just like yeah it's like well their intangibles like they're saying like and like there's a difference between like intangibles like they're basically there's a thing where people based intangibles based off are you loud or not because it's like yeah it's just like kate and evan mobley tend to be quieter guys it doesn't mean at all what their intangibles are like from all reports it seem like to be pretty great guys and like i think like kate, i mean watch that oklahoma state team and and some of the talent, like they're obviously great college players, but like that Oklahoma State team was only a four seed because Cade Cunningham like just willed them to it. So, like, it, it's just a thing where because Scotty is loud and energetic, they assume great intangibles, which is just really again, it's intangibles. The whole point is that you can't measure them. So, like, checking it off in a checkbox doesn't doesn't really <laughs> matter. Like, uh, okay, what are the Knicks doing? This is taking so long. <laughs> I'm just getting. Okay. What okay? I don't, still Josh Primo is still by far the most shocking pick. Like that when it happened, I'm trying to think like who would be just like out of nowhere. The Knicks just like shock us. Feel free to give suggestions if anyone has any. Anything. Any any of us really? Uh, if they took me, I would be very surprised. And Dan, your get... guy, your guy uh, Kessler Edwards still not taken. Um, I'm sure Kessler. you're hoping for him to be there at 28. I am Kessler is mocked more often in the second round, like which is based on like NBA Intel. It's like, and again, the thing with Kessler is he's a little weaker, but played at Pepperdine. And as I compared in my piece, like um, it reminds me of the Moneyball scene where they're talking about Chad Bradford, who great pitcher, but he throws super funny. Like Kessler shoots funny, like mm-hmm. he's kind of leaning over a little bit and he kicks his legs weird and he can get off balance at times, but he's just like but again, he shot 39% from three on a bunch of attempts for three years. Like he's pretty good. <laughs> And he made the right decision to go to Pepperdine, where you can just overlook the beaches of oh. Malibu. Oh, it's like the campus. most. So like that's the most like elite decision ever. making. Didn't they? Correct me if I'm wrong, and I don't know. If, I mean, I'm pretty young. I, I'm hoping other people have seen the show. Didn't they shoot Zoe 101 there? Did anyone else watch that show? Please tell me someone else. Watched I watched it. it. I, I have no idea where they shot it. They did. Thank you. Okay. 
But <laughs> it's funny when we talk about like fast shots because it's funny we've been we've been talking we've been looking at the, sh- the the chat all night. We have you know Dave early asking some questions and it's like anytime I see anyone with a weird shot, first thing I do is I text Dave and I'm like because uh, I feel like Dave is so good with form. We have like, another Dave, great about the shot. We have, the Knicks are trading 21 to Detroit. The Knicks have traded both of their picks. Oh, wow. So the Knicks are doing something, but um, okay, so now Detroit has number 21. Uh, this is after, and I mean, I guess it makes sense for Detroit after they traded away 37 in the Mason and Plumley salary dump. Keon Johnson. Clippers are taking oh, Keon. Keon Johnson at 21. Oh, what great timing, uh, asking me about Keon and then going a whole spiel about him and now the Pistons take him. Um, the, Clip- the Clippers are taking Keon Johnson at 21. What? I so I listen, I'm not going to connect the dots. I'm very confused. But Woj says New York is trading number 21 to Detroit. And then Sham says the Clippers are taking at 21 via the Knicks, Keon Johnson. So one of those. No idea what's right happening. Though. What is happening? So either, the, so either the Pistons or the Clippers have to. Either the Pistons or the Clippers have to be. um. Yeah, everyone's – no one knows right now. I'm, I'm checking Twitter relentlessly, and they're basically – no one knows what's going on right now. Um, so either the Pistons or the Clippers took Keon Johnson at 21, it seems. So I think – or someone got lied to. Oh, can you imagine the person who fed the source to Shams or Woj if they were oh, wrong? God. The only thing we're sure of is that the Knicks are not making any picks. Yes, that that's correct, Sean. It's is not that that is not happening. Um, because when you're a surprise playoff team, the last thing you need is young talent to infuse into the roster. Spike Lee looks upset. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, not not draft related, but I just got wind that uh, Chris Paul is opting out, what? so he can resign a extension with phoenix so the Woj people, clarified it is the, the clippers. clippers oh Woj was wrong okay so keon going to the clippers okay so, they need, so, they, so the everyone mix, talks about how they need guard play kind of a brutal day for Woj. like oh yeah was kind of mad at Woj early because he spoiled all the picks and then he was like a step behind shams on all of the trades that happened, like all the big trades, like the Westbrook trade, he was behind this trade. He messed it up a little bit. Like not a great day for him. Like I hate to be the guy who's like Woj versus Shams, but like I no, feel like Shams guy, is really outshining him today. Um, I remember Emily saying the facts that come out on the side. They mentioned that Keon first dunked when he was in seventh grade. So, you know, cool. What, what's the coolest thing you guys did when you were in seventh grade? Oh, I was the worst in seventh grade. But the Clippers will send 25 and a future second for 21. Why are the Knicks making that trade? Yeah. That's... Why not take and if, that, that Charlotte pick is heavily protected. It's if, it makes no sense why they traded either of these picks. If Sharif isn't there at 25, then and they just pass on Sharif twice, or like if Sharif gets taken these picks, or even worse, they pass on Sharif at 25. I just have so many questions about the Knicks. Because Sharif solves so many issues, but you know, hey, I again, the guys I want for the Sixers are all still available at that point, so I'm feeling pretty good right now. Steve, you got your hand up? Uh, Jake Fisher says the Wizards are discussing trading the number 22 pick, and for me in seventh grade, I had what they call a bar mitzvah. 
Um, it's oh. kind of a big, big sort of buffet situation with a ceremony, and you speak another language, and it's a lot of buffet fun. Buffet situation. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot to nosh on. So uh, that was seventh grade for me. Thank you, Dave. Dave Early in our comments thinks Ooh, Dave, Isaiah Jackson at twenty two to, to the Wizards. To the Wizards, yep. Ajax is like I know some people don't love him as much. Uh, it was very hard to see what he did at Kentucky. Uh, again, a very much a pr- project piece. A uh, very athletic dude gets and has like some decent shooting touch indicators. Um, so the Wizards got him, and that was fifteen. Was a uh, Corey Kispert, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, the Wizards have been at, so the Wizards like team is completely different. So now their team, I just want to like let's talk through the right. Wizards. So it's Bradley Beal, KCP, Kyle Kuzma, Montrezl Harrell, Ru- Rui Hachimura. Um, I'm just gonna keep naming guys. Dallas Bertans. Bertans, uh, Thomas Bryant coming back. Danny. Uh, now Corey Kispert and uh, Isaiah Jackson. Oh um, yeah, they draft. Are, are they get are and the guy they drafted uh this year uh uh Denny uh what's last oh yeah Denny Abdia um Denny's good but uh they and then they have like so wait are Robin Lopez and um Alex Len and they have Daniel Gafford obviously I mean Gafford was we we saw in the Sixers winners series like if Gafford stays out of foul trouble he's good uh-huh. Robin Lopez has never missed a hook shot in his life <laughs> Idiot Dan, when he longer, I picked the Bulls to beat the Celtics when they were the eight seeds. And like part of the reason is I thought Robin Lopez would just never stop missing hook shots. Um, they did win the first two games of that series, so I think in spirit I was right. They would have won if Rondo didn't get hurt. And people, I hope there's some people out there who know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Isaiah Jackson is being traded to Indiana. Oh, wow! But we don't know for what yet. That was a Shams tweet with not. Any other context besides they just going to Indiana? Indiana has been rumored to trade Miles Turner for years and years, so maybe now is the time. Wait, Miles you- Turner is fantastic, and if, if we had any need for a center, it wasn't a backup center. I'd be very happy to have him. All over that. Uh, I'll just say a friend of uh, friend of Liberty Ballers, Mark Schindler, uh, from the Indy Cornrows, who we've had on a few times. Uh, Let's say I've seen messages from him, and he has not loved uh, Chris Duarte and then trading for Isaiah Jackson. Uh, words such as why, oh, why is one. Um, so uh, rough night for our friends in Indiana. for Sorry, guys. Uh, Indy Cornrows is – you got – I mean, everyone should be – Mark's great. And then, like, Caitlin Cooper probably the smartest writer I've, like, ever read. Like, Caitlin is, like, unbelievable breakdown stuff on Indy Cornrows. So, shout out to them. Why, um, why is such an appropriate yet very depressing reaction to this draft? Uh-huh. Oh, man. So, who do we got up? So, now, if whoever gets traded there at 23, this is the Rockets, I believe? Few, the first of two for Houston. They have the next. And can we wait? Can we read real quick? Real quick. Mm -hmm. So we have the Sixers are in six picks. We have five more picks before the Sixers. And Dan Olinger, you have three guys that you absolutely love that are all still there. So then, like Jaden, remind us real quick. I mean, Jared Butler, I would love the pick. Kessler Edwards, love it. Shreve Cooper, would love it. Jaden Springer, good pick. Uh, probably wouldn't be my top choices, but Deuce McBride, a good pick. Don't, Whoa! Don't, that makes sense. What happened? 
Wizards send number 22 Isaiah Jackson to Indiana for Aaron Holiday. Wow. So that, that was the trade. They got 22 for Aaron Holiday. Wow. Okay. Uh, I've always – I'm biased because I really like Aaron Holiday. Uh, I know he was really bad this last year. But, but um, we I, love the Holiday family. Yeah, that is the holidays. All the holidays are good holidays. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, so the Rockets – because the Rockets are going to be making picks. This will be picks three and four of the draft for them after they have Jalen Green and uh, Alfred Shanguna. <laughs> We the love, deal with a nice Drew Holiday jersey. We, we oh, love the holidays. We love the holidays. World champion Drew. Well, I guess what NBA champion Drew Holiday. I need to get that Bucks jersey though, for the record. He was. I mean, you justified the trade, but uh, yeah. So sorry, but yeah, um, yeah. Aaron had a, a down year, but I I feel like with Washington, I feel like he can do some things, especially if they traded. Uh, Westbrook, so they, they need some guards. So Holiday is going to get minutes. I'd like to see him bounce back because I, I like, I really like Aaron Holiday. I hope he gets a shot. Mm-hmm. So I do want to, because we haven't addressed it in a bit. Uh, so the last two picks were Keon Johnson and Isaiah Jackson. Uh, we need the obligatory handsome versus not handsome debate. Slash no comment. Yeah, that's another option. Uh, I, I just have to say, uh, both handsome. Isaiah Jackson looks incredibly cool. Emily's going to, I think, I'm sure Emily caught his uh, fit, as they say, but he looks great. Uh, he's a great actor. I outfit. also want to say the fact that he got picked and then put sunglasses on. Yes. And then went up to the stage is a power move, and I support it. Do you, wait, do you do you guys remember during the NFL draft, like when Jalen Waddle got picked by the Dolphins, I think it was like, he had his sunglasses on, his family turned to celebrate him and then just walked away from them. Also, shout out to Dave for calling it out that in last year's Fantasy Football League, uh, for that a lot of people here in Liberty Ballers are part of, I did name my team Aaron Holiday in. I think I lost in the semis. So, but no, yeah, <laughs> good callback, Dave. Yeah, um, I've always been awful in any Liberty Ballers Fantasy League. I feel like Tyler wins every year, and I kind of hate it. Tyler does. Um, Tyler did kill it. Back years. I didn't win this past year, though. Who, who I, won this past year? I don't know, Tyler. You win every other year besides this past <laughs> year, so I don't want to hear it. First yeah, I, it was my first year, and I got top four. I've, I've won – I think I've won two fantasy football leagues before. I've finished, though, like second or third, like more times than I can remember in every – because I have like two or three teams every year, and I'm always second or third. Let me say real quick, Keon Johnson, uh, very handsome. Uh, Isaiah Jackson, I'm going to go uh, borderline no comment. Ooh, uh, really? Wow. That's all that's I got. Eight. That's all I got. It's a uh, listen. Shots fired. Any, I think that anyone from Kentucky is a great pick, but I'm going to go no comment on the uh, on my piece of paper here, and that is just no comment. That's all I got. I, I just love throwing it there. I think anyone who's ever been from Kentucky is a great pick. Anybody from Kentucky is a great pick. And this is this listen, is apply to the this Harrison is twins. common knowledge at this point. You always take the Kentucky guys. Does this apply to the Harrison twins? Everybody but the Harrison twins. Well, I mean, if Willie you're Kentucky, you're Willie great. Willie Cauley-Stein Cauley Cauley had Harrison. a fine career, but he was at six probably not that Hey, good. Willie Cauley-Stein did not force the Kings to take him at six. The Kings decided to do that on their own. That was not <laughs> Willie Cauley-Stein's fault. That was Vladdy's fault. Keon Johnson's mom looked great. She had like this rainbow sparkly dress on. It's very cool. 
Nice. And she also played basketball at Auburn, which is oh. also cool. So uh, Houston Rockets taking Usman Garuba from Real Madrid at 23. Uh, I didn't get to see a ton of Usman. Uh, the sell on him is mainly very good defender, uh, like just very athletic dude, very strong. He's gotten he's got to play up a little bit. Um, I guess are they drafting? Because they draft him and Shengun, and that's like two guys of very disparate strengths. Like maybe in theory playing together because uh, Usman's also not super tall, but also you need to play someone who's pretty tall or at least has a lot of rim protection capability next to Shengun because he's not super explosive and he's only about six nine, I think. Yeah. So um it's been I don't know if I've loved everything that Rockets have done tonight in the draft. I just because I, I just like wings so much and they've taken a guard they've taken Jalen Green's as very good obviously but I still would take Evan Mobley and then two guys who I think probably their best position is center and have some limitations. So yeah. Um I have some odds and ends here from the uh YouTube chat. First of all Greg put in the chat. Thank you for doing this uh, enjoying the live screen, the live stream. I've consistently lurked on Liberty Ballers since Nerlens was drafted, but never brought myself to comment until tonight. Good to see familiar Josh names, Griffin, Greg. Josh Christopher, number 24 to uh, Houston. Sorry, guys, Steve. Ooh, like that. Um, Shout out, Greg. Greg just, want to say, awesome. just want to say welcome, Greg, and feel free to hang out whenever you like. Uh, we're happy to have you. Um, we have somebody uh, said here, Isaiah Jackson is handsome. This is Zach McVeigh. Um, all caps. And, uh, all caps. That's right. yeah, that's, Zach is, uh, Zach's one of my friends from home. Yeah, well, <laughs> oh, Zach you're wrong, Dan. Smarter than Dan. Oh, wow. We also, we also have Dave, Dave, our friend Dave, reminding us that he won the Fantasy League this year. Yes, I knew it wasn't me for the first time in forever. That's right. Congrats. Oh, he's won enough. I don't want to hear it. So, Daniel, Josh Christopher, what do you got for us? Uh, There was a really great breakdown of him on uh, Petrie, who's from Bowser. I think it's uh, on Twitter at Bowser to Bowser. Uh, He's also published like a really good NBA, like a playbook guide or basketball playbook guide. Um, Christopher, uh, He's very physically talented. Um, like he's a kind of a tank for a guard, can really like burst through people and has some like interesting moves. Uh, decision making makes work. And sometimes like he, he's the type of guard who can like wander into mid range shots you don't love. Um, again, I just like my problem with the, the Rockets draft is just like they're taking two guys who I think are guards who are very wired for scoring above their other options. And then two bigs with I think certain limitations when I think there were wing, just if you have four picks and one of them wasn't a wing, it's usually a problem for me. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, but back-to-back picks though, do we think Usman and Garuba, Usman Garuba and Josh Christopher raised the handsomeness of the Rockets? Mm, maybe. I don't know. I, I can't get a... Steve, Steve and Dan are like both their hands intensely think about this. Usman is very handsome. Usman, very handsome. It's a great name, too, Usman Garuba. Yeah, I have a handsome great on Usman. Yeah, I got to agree with uh, Emily and Steve there. I think Usman is handsome. Uh, No hate to Josh Christopher. I don't think he's not handsome. I think he's... uh, He's a he's a perfectly uh, decent looking man. So I would I would agree with the uh, the comment there that we're uh, we're boosting the stock here. 
Um, yeah. Bad news for Josh Christopher, not answering. Yeah. I also <laughs> say getting so two things. Uh, New York Knicks are taking Quentin Grimes at twenty five out of ah, Houston. Um, uh, yeah, Quentin was it would have been my first pick. I wouldn't have hated though. Quentin at twenty eight is definitely a Sixers target. Um, the Rockets also, I'll say, similar to the Pacers, the Rockets. I I am in some chats that the Rockets are currently getting flamed in. Uh, yeah. we'll leave it at that. Um. Yeah, so how many how many picks into the Sixers and how many guys left that you really want on the Sixers? Twenty five guys have been picked. I think Jared Butler would be good. Kessler Edwards would be good. I think. I think he, um, who is it? Uh, Sharif Sharif Cooper is still available. I think Sharif is so awesome. Are we are we guaranteed right now? Are we guaranteed a guy you want that you wanted coming I mean, in? Are we guaranteed all, one of them drops to the Sixers? They could always pick a guy I don't want. You know, you ne- you never know for sure. Uh, I'm again, I'm hopeful after last year Tyrese met. Maxi slid and like I'll I'll talk more if Sharif does go to the Sixers at twenty eight the fit between I'll leave it at like you probably couldn't play Sharif and Tyrese on the court at the same time but it's also if you did it would just be like uh, I feel like um, the defense and the like need for the ball in the hands wouldn't work very much but oh my gosh is that some off the dribble juice if you have both of them they are wow that is a lot um, keep following mean, Sharif yeah it's. I mean, he's a small guy who doesn't. He is like he has questions about his shot, but like Sharif, man, he like TKR just tweeted the Sixers are gonna get a good player. Ha 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 ha. Yeah, yeah I, I have to agree with T- TKR. There's definitely a lot of good guys available. I think so. Yeah. I, how are you? Sounds guys, like a Maury trade down. How are you? How are you guys going to do here? If they get Sharif Cooper, I will be elated. I'm not even kidding. I may jump up and down. And you'll like you'll see it live. Like it might just happen. I'll be that excited if they get Sharif Cooper because I didn't think he would fall this far. The uh, oh, uh the, this is not Liberty Ballers in network, but the uh Sixers and Six Pod uh in response to the Wizards uh sending number 22 Isaiah Jackson to Indiana for Aaron Holiday said uh Bradley Beal said, I'll stay on one condition, go get me the worst holiday. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> That's cold. I think I'm I'm locked in on Butler just because I really want the Sixers to try and and do a, a Butler Maxi backcourt, like really really attempt to do that a lot next year if they do draft Butler. I think they can both play off the ball if necessary and they both can, you know, play with the ball in their hands, obviously. Um I think that combo, that backcourt would be really, really fun off the bench next year if that were to happen. Would you rather do that than trade the pick for a sort of veteran wing, which has been rumored? I think it depends on who the player is. So I think it's kind of a cop out of an answer. No, I get um, it. It's, it's hard to say. Yeah. Yeah, I really think it depends. I, I would like a, a veteran wing, but I also love drafting the young kids you can watch develop because right. I think we're all um, – prisoners to the process mindset of enjoying watching the kids play so that's going to take some time to kind of uh rid ourselves of i think over the years i think we've gotten a little bit better with it as a fan base but still it's like i want to hold on to the picks just because like you never know who could be we've been prisoners of the past for like half a decade (laughs) at this point oh yeah i do want to put so i had this tweet about sharif this morning that got a lot of traction um just showing like he draws free throws like you wouldn't believe because comparing some guys like all these other guys who played like a lot, usually a lot more games from Sharif, 
basically, like I said, Davion Mitchell got 66 free throws and 30 games about Trey man, like 89 and 24 games, uh, book night, 81 and 15 games, Duarte 79 and 26 games. Sharif Cooper took 104 free throws in 12 games Jesus. as a six, one, maybe probably not six, one, even guard. The dude is like, he doesn't look strong at all, but he does not get moved off of spots very easily. And again, it's just basically, he's so good at ball handling. You can't keep him out of the paint that he just can just rack up fouls. And that's just, I mean, it's just a very good thing to have in general, guards who get, get to the foul line a lot. Um, he's got that little Trey Young in his game a little bit when it comes to getting into the paint. Yeah, I, I would say definitely. Like, yeah, just the same idea of just if you're that quick and that, I mean, he doesn't have as much burst as Trey. Trey is like more, if you're talking about like straight line, top end speed, Trey is faster. Right. Ball stands. But it's the same idea, just like when their handle is that tight, you just, and you, if they get like anywhere near a decent screen or like, some kind of mistake from the defense they're going to get in the lane um yeah so oh i yeah and just so people know we're probably probably going to end the draft stream here at the end of the first round uh and that's the only clause being that should the sixers do something outrageous with 50 or 53 i will force sean to record some kind of segment with me in the morning he's shaking his head no but i will (laughs) do it uh, you'll you'll do it, Sean. You don't have a choice in this. <laughs> Good luck, Daniel. That's all I have to say. <laughs> so, who, who do we got here at twenty six? Who's picking? I keep losing track of that. Uh, oh, the Nuggets, right? Denver, uh, yeah. Um, the Nuggets are the ones because I like think Joel I is just the one I keep saying is like um a perfect fit, just like unbelievable cutter. Meet Nikola Jokic. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I haven't had the audio on this whole time. But Zach Lowe just tweeted that Adam Silver is savoring the spotlight, knowing Mark Tatum is looming for the second round. Has Adam Silver been, like, acting up on the stage or something? I think he's just joking. Because Tatum always does the announcement for the second round. No, Silver, Silver hasn't done anything overt. Outlandish, no. He, he has been very good at the, uh, the handshake, like the handshake hug game. A lot of people have been commenting like he's been on board with that. I, I, I great at it too. So I gotta say, let's not get fooled here. I gotta say, Adam Silver's DAP game has gotten way better as the years have gone by. Yeah, that's what people have been saying. So, um, you know, I've been asking you guys to rank the handsomeness of prospects already picked. The probably better thing is of those three guys I like the most: Sharif, Jared Butler. I'll throw Jaden Springer in there too. So Sharif Cooper, Jared Butler, Jaden Springer, Kessler Edwards. Who has the highest handsomeness potential out of the four of them this might take a bit but you feel free to collaborate guys we this is important here. i'm pretty comfortable in saying kessler edwards is going to be near the bottom no offense but i don't wow. know just a shot at kessler jesus i would be happy to pick him i just don't think he's you know come on Wait, oh. Dave, can you say him again so it's sharif cooper Jared Butler, Jaden Springer, Kessler Edwards. Okay, Sharif Cooper, definitely handsome. Butler, too. And then Jaden? Jaden Springer. Oh, I will say Jaden Springer, second youngest prospect in the draft, Ooh, 18 boy. and a half. So I do want to – I knew that we threw this out with Josh Primo as like a dangerous, a dangerous but territory. But he's, eight, but he's 18 and a half, not like 18 in a month. I feel like there's a difference there. I think I think so. I can check again, but yeah. 
I'm going to put my voting in Butler. So I'm going to say Jaden Springer and then Sharif Cooper and then Butler and then Edwards. That's my order. All right. I've got uh, Cooper, then Butler, then Springer, then Edwards. Bones Highland at 26 to the Nuggets. Okay. There goes Bones. Um, (laughs) Yeah, we already talked about him. I, I understand it for the Nuggets. Just the Nuggets needed a guard with Jamal Murray hurt. And it, I mean, part of the reason Dame kind of wants out of Portland is that they lost to Denver with barely a functional backcourt. That that was just kind of like Nikola Jokic and some shooters. And that's how they lost. Um, I would say Zach McVay says Butler is the sexiest in his humble opinion. So <laughs> that's kind of hard to argue. Um, yeah, just looking at more of these comments. Uh, I'll get to another one in a sec, but we also have from Dave Early. Who is the most handsome with no beard? So take the beard off of all three of these guys. Franz Wagner, Kyle O'Quinn, and James Harden. No beard? Does James Harden even have a chin anymore? Yeah. So it's just all hair. It's all <laughs> I, I kind of – I don't know. So imagine them all without a beard. All right. I'll say this. I think Harden looks really bad without the beard. I think that – you know, it, it didn't come up a lot in our time with the Sixers, maybe not as much as it should have, but Kyle Quinn had some, like, pretty really bad allegations against him. So I'm just going to count them out there. So I guess I'm going to go with Franz Wagner because yeah. just eliminating Kyle Quinn, and I think that Harden looks pretty atrocious without a beard. Franz Wagner is kind of the default there. So there it is. <laughs> Harden kind of looks atrocious with the beard. Like, let's be honest here. <laughs> yeah, it's a trademark, though. You know, I guess that's the thing. But uh, yeah, I, I would go. I would. I would agree with Dan. <laughs> we also also had from uh, some more YouTube chat questions. Uh, do you think? Do you think the Sixers could trade back if they want Kessler Edwards, considering he's pretty low on the best available list? Uh, from Josh May. Uh, I definitely think I would rule it out. Yeah. I, well, honestly, the thing is the way he's being mocked, like I'm just, I keep saying Kessler at 28. I think he's that good. He's honestly much more likely maybe there at 50. Like I know, I think the ringer mock draft had him at 49 today. Uh, I've seen him around there before. So if, if he's there, like, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, you could definitely trade back into the 30s again. Kessler is definitely like, I think sometimes when guys are that good, I think you, even if like that's not what the consensus is, you take them. But yeah, I'm definitely like, if the Sixers trade back for Kessler Edwards, I'm not going to complain. Um, I see here, Dave also asked about, uh, um, if, asking about Dayron Sharp. Uh, Dayron's interesting. I, I don't think the Sixers can justify taking any kind of center with the 28th pick. And that's where Dayron's like, Dayron's probably going somewhere in the next, like, I would guess he's going before 40. Uh, very interesting. I know Trevor Williams Marks has done some good work on this on Twitter about like in, in his writing about North Carolina about Dayron's just a very good passer for a big interesting decision maker and also has some athletic like tools that are very good that can be used very well. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm really excited for the Sixers pick. I think I will say, and we can talk about when it comes. I will be upset if they take Cam Thomas in front of one of these guys. Mm. So. Just personally, uh, come on, he's a hooper. Uh, you can <laughs> defend. You can defend Cam Thomas, and then if they pick him, I can say why I wouldn't want that pick. But you go ahead and defend him, Tyler. Um, I, I did, can't. 
Dan, I heard you say on the talking about uh, mock draft that Cam Thomas is like the worst transition defender you've ever oh, seen. He is. He's going to fit right in. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. what I think. Um, so, you know, that's like, what we do, Dan. You know, like when dudes will let you go around them on purpose and try and reach behind for like steals. Cam does that, but incorrectly on in transition where he's in front of them and it's kind of like, it's like a defensive line swim move where he like kind of goes like this and just lets them by. And then he also had like a moment in one game where you, I don't know if you remember James Harding, against the Pistons, like in 2016, he on a fast break accidentally moved to the wrong side of a rebound and then they got the rebound. He's done that a few times. Uh, and part of that is context is LSU. Basically LSU did not try and play defense. They're very much talent and scoring was their whole identity. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh yeah, Cam Thomas is probably is just a very bad transition defender, like in every single sense of the word. Uh, which obviously, like, it's not the end of the world. It's just very like you you will all get frustrated watching him like do that. I, I can just guarantee that right now. <laughs> Selfishly, I want him just because he reminds me kind of like a really young Lou Williams offensively, just like Lou- super confident, yeah, pulls the trigger. Lou hey, is like, Tyler, we're not allowed to talk about Hawks players right also, now. Also, okay? that, that's <laughs> not cool. Also, it's like there's something with certain players where if you're comp to them, it's bad. Like Lou will like is a very much an outlier. Like dudes that skinny who don't pass that well should not be that good. But Lou has like an unbelievable ability to draw fouls. Like just that isn't seen or like takes the weirdest angles to slither around people. And also Lou, I would say much tighter handle than Cam Thomas. Like yeah, Cam's fair. like Cam's like Cam like I don't think it's bad handles, but like Lou is like Lou, like especially like Lou, Lou like when he really gets going can like have have the ball on a string and really give you some like just it's or it's it's like you know what I'm saying like if the guy's that comparison like that's a very hard outcome to hit. They're, yeah, I just think he's someone that like can all of a sudden like when you need it come off the bench and give you twenty like in the slightest definition like I. I I think it's such a funny argument that's being had basketball versus Hooper. I think he's a Hooper. Like he just he goes out there and gives you what you, what you need sometimes, even though he completely an argument or is it one half a, of the game. Is it an argument or is it just a bad tweet? I think it started as a bad tweet, but I think it can be had as an argument, honestly, because I think I think there is somewhat of a of a discussion to be had. Is there though? But I think in the grand scheme of things, it is just like a funny, it's a funny uh, bit going on. Fine. Uh, well, how do we go through the Sixers players? Uh, Joel Embiid, Hooper, or basketball player? Everyone has Ooh. to pick. He was a Hooper. Now he's a basketball player. Anyone else? Basketball player. <laughs> I don't know. But I'm in love with him. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different answer, but okay. Joel's a Hooper. Let's just stop right there. Uh, Tobias Harris, Hooper, or basketball player? Hooper, 1,000%. Yeah, he's probably more of a hooper. So he's like a low-end hooper. So are we just defining hooper as someone who takes mid-range shots off the dribble a lot? (laughs) So it feels like what it is, kind of. Listen, if I'm at the playground or if I'm at the YMCA and I see somebody that has, like, the Tobias Harris, like, skill set, they're going to be on my team (laughs) because I'm going to be playing for a while. Um, I look at a hooper as, like, someone who would just go out and, like, dominate the Drew League. Ben Simmons, hooper, basketball player. Either, um, neither. Yeah, I'm either. Um, so I have a question. I don't remember. Like, are we 
for the Sixers pick, which is we have Brooklyn and, and then the Sixers, are we going to not look at our phones to see what happens on television or are we doing the same spoiler for the Sixers? I'm okay with just getting it as soon as possible. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. the spoiler is good. Also, we have in the chat a Josh May. I feel like Butler can play off the ball at shooting guard. No, yeah, Jared Butler definitely can. That's my, honestly his main sell is super versatile, like offensively. Like, dude can create advantages with his handle and then – Baylor would have him run off a ton of guards or like flares to the corner and he can get those off pretty well. Just Jared, that's the, probably the best thing about Jared Butler is that why I like just having offensively versatile players, Jared Butler is just like, you can probably put him anywhere in your offense and he helps. So yeah, definitely Jared Butler has off the ball, like value. Um, David really saying Amari Cooper once famously did the Fultz pitter pat free throw on Thanksgiving after a touchdown. What do you do the pass this time? Oh boy. Uh, Dave, Jesus Christ. Oh, boy, that's – Dave, we didn't need that. You don't know the one – Had to bring that one back, didn't you, Dave? The one Wait, is, that, is that a reference to the uh, Rasul Douglas tip? No. That's, that's a different play we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Cooper as part of his touchdown celebration. Yeah, when he did the Markel Fultz thing. Did the Fultz. Oh, okay. And oh. Ben's still on the team, Dave. Like <laughs> – we can safely laugh about this as soon as the trade happens. But yes. Not, no, not now. Yeah, it's you know the one meme that's like it's unnecessary. There's no reason for this. Like <laughs> send that to Dave right now. <laughs> oh man, hey, I am, do do we need me to send David a mean text because I'm not I'm not above that. I'll send him a mean text right now. <laughs> yeah, you send him the mean text. I'm gonna keep tweeting about Sharif Cooper. Dave, that was so uncalled for. Dan, how would you rank Cooper, um, Springer, and uh, Butler for the Sixers at 28? Interesting. If you're talking about, like, immediate fits, like what they already have, I would say Jared Butler probably fits the best. But then I think you could also argue raw talent-wise – Butler and Springer are so close. If you're just talking about raw talent, Sharif's probably the best. Cam Thomas, did you know that? Oh, Cam Thomas, 27 to the Nets. Cam Thomas, 27. Yep. Oh, that's, that's oh my gosh. Just the rest of the Hoopers in Brooklyn. Oh, my gosh. The Sixers have so many good picks available. And it's, it's the oh part of the draft where Daniel starts hyperventilating because guys he likes are available. And, and <laughs> and the, that's the time that we're going to trade the pick. That's going to happen. Okay, either it's a good trade or it's a guy who's good, I'm hoping. because like, This is a uh, – Yearly tradition at Liberty College. I'm freaking out. Sharif is good. Jared's good. Springer is good. Um, so like I'm I'm not as high on Springer as some other people. Just so people know, like there are some people on draft Twitter who have like Springer as high as four on their boards. They think because he's so young and he just like like I would say Springer. One of the things like Springer's built like a tank. Like there was one play where he got like a shot fake on BJ Boston drove and he put his hip into his line like he can just move dudes like sometimes and defensively he holds up against like despite being only about six four he can hold up against like positions one through i'd say three and a half because he's just like very strong and has great balance so very he could definitely be like a definitely a value bet for springer here um man i just there's so many ways they can't go wrong because like, again i those four guys i listed all four of them are there so is the maxi reaction last year kind of the best that we've ever seen from Dan at this point? Well, the maxi picks maxi shouldn't have like 
Maxi should not have been there at 21. Like should the, not have been there. Maxi was just a, like just purely better than that. Uh, and I'm just happy, like again, I don't want to rag on Cam Thomas because I'm sure he can still be a very good player, but I just I was he was not my favorite type of player because mainly my concern for Cam is that like his best thing was his ability to square midair. And I thought you could turn him into just like a if the best part of him is like you could turn him into a like off ball shooter type but the Sixers already have a small off-ball shooter in Seth Curry. That role was fulfilled. So that's kind of why I was not high on that kind of pick. But How about, how about Cam to Brooklyn, though, where defense was their biggest issue, and they yeah, that's a good point. James Harden, Ultimate Grifter, Kyrie and KD. Yeah. Okay. Oh, my gosh. That's, that's, the Brooklyn is just betting on Sean making all over the place. <laughs> that is – it is all shot making in Brooklyn. It, Brooklyn is just shot making ever. <laughs> and at Claxton. All right. Someone else talk. I'm too nervous before they make the <laughs> <laughs> So is if Daryl does like a trade down to 30 and a future pick, are, are people very upset right now? Or do we think that's a pretty solid thing to do? I think, I think that's solid right now. I if we're I think like we're at a weird point where it's like I feel like the we don't know what to believe when it comes to Buell, when it comes to Lillard. Like, we're not going to ever have that level of, informa- of information on if they're going to ask out. And, like, if the Sixers believe that, like, those guys might be available down the line, then you have to stockpile your assets. And I'm fine with, like, if you're of the idea that, like, as soon as you drive it off the lot, your draft pick is going to kind of become less valuable, like, go ahead trade down. I, I'm I'm cool with it. So am I. I agree, but I don't know if Daniel feels that way because it might result in Sharif Cooper or Jared Butler not becoming a sixer. So. I just then we just get Jaden Springer. I just saw a tweet that said Katie and Kyrie on the floor. Can Thomas? It's Can Thomas time. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <laughs> um, do we have any bets on what we think happens right now? Just like anyone want to go around and say what they think's about to happen. Sharif Cooper. Cooper. I think they'll trade it. I think they'll trade it. Sean you guys are such buzzkills. Jesus. I don't oh, think that's David would take Sharif. I'll say Jared Butler. Sean just wants to be different. <laughs> no, I, I like I would love Jared Butler. Oh my gosh. I just so, I just don't think Cooper, you said the shot is questionable and he can't play next to Maxi. Like but he's also the best, like, advantage creator, one of the best advantage creators and passers in the entire draft. Like, that is just so much talent for a guy at 28. Like, Sharif, Sharif legit can run the entire offense as a pick you're getting at 28. <laughs> and he can do it well. Like, that's in the cards. All right, well, who, who's the guy that, that is, like, top five on the big board right now that you would hate them to take? Uh, I can't see who's top five on the like consensus board. There's Cooper Butler. It's about to change. Dayron Sharp, Miles McBride. Dayron uh, probably. Dayron Sharp is good, but just the Sixers can't draft the center right now. Um, the Sunmu and then uh, Springer. Uh, what was it? Deuce, like we already talked about. I like him. He wouldn't be my pick here because these guys are available um, personally. Uh, Ayo I think, is better a pick if like he was a later round pick, like in the second round. I don't think he's he's bad. 
I, I don't think he's bad, but I don't think he's a good pick at 28. And then, yeah, so th- those would be my opinion. Like, just generally, like, I mean, Dayron wouldn't make any sense here. If, if they draft Dayron, we are, I, we needed to talk. But um, <laughs> I, I guess like we got Dayron. excited because my phone vibrated and I was like, oh, the pick is in. But it was just Keith because I have tech, like tweet alerts from Keith and I was like, oh, it's just Keith. <laughs> it's just not Wojer Shams. What did Keith say? He said, "Could the Sixers be in play for Jaden Springer?" Is that? I like, would say that, they are. Yeah, it's, it's a possibility. Yeah. This is Keith. But if it's Jaden Springer, this was him telling us that it was. That Keith is Keith is very good delivery. Friend of the pod. What a great guy. Absolutely. Yeah, Keith is a good dude. Yeah, they just did a Ben Simmons low light festival. Um, with Thanks, him. guys. Thanks Tickets for that. Knots and, uh, yeah, that's great. great. Thanks. But we haven't seen a, we haven't Carol's seen any of that. Someone, someone said the the reason this pick is he taken. Here's the Sixers will draft Jaden Springer. He just tweeted that. There was there was oh oh Keith breaking news. Wow. We'll see what happens. Uh, someone was tweeting the Sixers are taking so long because uh they they're in touch with who went Portland once at twenty eight. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, yeah. I hope that's true. <laughs> I mean, fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, oh man, I just so someone you cool, you cool with Springer? Yeah, I well, I want to see like if the official officialized right. is the right word. Um, yeah, Jackson Frank, great friend of Liberty Ballers and writer for Liberty Ballers himself. Uh, Sixers should be sprinting to the podium to take one of Sharif Cooper or Jaden Springer. So. Yeah, and most of the comments are Jared Butler would be cool too. Under <laughs> is the thought that Springer and Cooper have a higher ceiling than Butler generally? Yeah, that's generally. I said like, it, like usually don't over something like that's definitely probably like you could say Butler. Mm, it's probably better than Sharif right now. It's probably but like close. We did that. The Sixers are now fielding calls. Okay, and now Sham said oh. Jaden Springer. All right, yeah, oh, Jaden Springer. Springer. All right. All right, Jaden Springer. Um, definitely will look in more. I I observed him some this past week. Uh, again, I will say just so people know, people who have followed the draft closer than I do, like full time draft analysts, like have I've um, like I have seen them have him as high as four on their board. So very high value, second youngest pick in the draft. Um, Dan, you just looked. Did something happened. You just looked very wide eyed at the camera. Well, you said as high as four. Oh my god! Yeah, like, even people- like I saw. Maybe like last year, people who are very, very, very high on Maxi had him as high as six. As high yeah. as four is really high. Yeah, like, yeah, I, of course. Woj at the top of the Daryl Morning Elton Brand draft board in Philadelphia at number twenty-eight per source, Jaden Springer. All right, so we right. we need the full Springer draft profile breakdown right now. So Springer is going like uh, he didn't take a ton of threes this past. He actually shot forty three percent from three, but like he made like, but he only took like a few every game. He didn't shoot down. He came off the bench for Tennessee sometime. Uh, Rick Barnes had a weird system going for Tennessee. Um, yeah, so definitely. Rick Barnes is a terrible coach. Uh, I'm not going to say that, but uh, he. One thing that should be known about Springer. So this is probably if you're looking for drawbacks of him, it's just. And the thing that's cool about Springer again, super young and like. It's why people love him so much. He is so young and he has so many things they can even get better at. And he already still is good right now, but there's even like more like 
was talking about like he can get better at that offhand. He can have more finishing craft. Like there's still of uh, like low hanging fruit he can get kind of with his physical abilities that he hasn't hit yet. Um, he's an exclusively a two foot leaper, which basically like literally every time he's at the rim, he's jumping off the two feet. He does not jump off of one foot. And he keeps two hands on the ball. He doesn't get up super high for that either. But, and again, like I was saying, like he leverages his strength against people, like really strong in his legs and can just move dudes with them sometimes. How many hands does he dunk um, He doesn't dunk a ton. I don't, th- I, I want to, like, uh, let me look it up real quick. I don't know how many times he dunked. If it was, it was like pretty much always in transition. Uh, definitely not the same vertical. Uh, he's a very good athlete and like, he like when he jab steps at people, he gets them to move like very quick off of that stuff, but he's not vertically explosive much like Maxi was. Um, yeah, per Vartorovic, Jaden Springer had four dunks this past year, so not like a dunk happy guy, but geez, like dude is just oh, wait, as Woj. Okay, Zach Lowe just tweeted, as Woj just said on TV, it does not appear in canvassing that there will, be, there will be any Ben Simmons trade tonight or that the Sixers are close to one. We'll see how long this lingers. So they're saying that the Ben Simmons trade is not not like in the cards tonight. That's great news. Um, I love it. I love every second of it. I'm people, devastated. If, <laughs> I, hey, guys, just so you know, people like basically on everyone's saying like, again, a lot of draft people on Twitter are all saying like, they're all in love of Sharif and think that the Sixers got another huge steal, like another huge draft follower guy. Like I, I think Sh- oh. I might have taken Sharif over him, but still, Springer's. This is a very good outcome, I think. Get Ben off this team, though, please. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's all that matters, honestly, at this point. Just oh, for like wholesome oh. Tobias Jaden Springer content as like. Tennessee alumni, I think that will be very cute. Yeah, was it, was yes. it, wasn't Jay Rich from Tennessee? He was. Good point. Didn't work yeah, out. but he was but awful. And, and they were like more, like this is like, he's much younger. Like Richardson was not much younger than Tobias. This is like big brother, little yeah. brother. Take him on a Both volunteers, love it. Like if Emily wants Ben gone, that's how you know Ben really needs to be gone. Sure. Like I've Emily loves the, the current Sixers, hmm. and like the fact that we all agree Ben needs to be gone is like that's how you really know. Like it's time. <laughs> how about we go around here? What are you guys' reactions to Jaden Springer as the pick? Because I think this is a very good thing for the Sixers. Just a huge upside bet that fell this late and probably should not have fallen that late. There's been a lot of like, I feel like the last few months it, it, there's been people talking about Springer falling throughout the draft. Um, so, I mean, honestly, I haven't watched him all that much, so I don't really have that many takes on him. But, I mean, smarter people than me are on Twitter celebrating it, and I see a lot of people who aren't Sixers fans saying, are you kidding me? How did they get him? Like, like they did it again after getting Maxi last year. So, I feel oh, like yeah, that's a good a, sign. A, fr- a friend of mine, Noah Terranova, who covers draft, tweeted mm-hmm. out the um, Jesse Pinkman gif. Uh, <laughs> uh, it says they got my number four prospect late in the draft again. Like, he can't keep getting away with this. <laughs> I'm taking that as a good sign, and I keep seeing people saying him and Matisse are going to lock up people on the perimeter, and that's going to be a ton of fun. So, oh yeah, defensively, uh, going to watch a ton of YouTube on him tonight. So, oh yeah, so, I'm definitely going to be watching more of Jaden's games tonight. Um, yeah, actually, I'll just say right now, I'm recording a pod with Jackson Frank on his show tomorrow to talk about the Sixers draft night. So definitely look into more Jaden. Um, but uh, yeah, defensively, Jaden is very good. So yeah, I mean. Let me just read a uh, an article from someone I really respect. I mean, 
Jaden Springer, second youngest prospect in the class behind Alabama's Josh Primo, uh, a physical tank who can guard up against bigger forwards on defense and can barrel through skinny dudes on the offensive end, has violent and powerful hips. As draft Twitter has pointed out to no end, he's exclusively a two foot leaper. Doesn't have the cra- I'm just reading Dan's piece today that I yeah, I, I caught on pretty quick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, listen, I'm I'm excited. I mean, I I think that you know if if the uh, Liberty Ballers guys who we really respect like him, then I think it's always a good pick. Uh, Dayron Sharp, 29 to the Nets, which was part Dayron of the Dayron for the Nets is good. He can help them with defense, defense and decision-making with pass, passing. Like day, After I didn't really understand the Cam Thomas pick for the Nets, Dayron makes a lot of sense for the Nets. That's bad. That is bad for us. <laughs> yeah. Bad yeah. pick. That's Terrible right. Pick. Steve, so, what do you got? Um, in the, uh, uh, somebody in the YouTube comments brought up a good point. So this is Josh in the YouTube comments who said upside is nice, but aren't we trying to win now? That's why I wanted Butler. What do you guys think about um, Jaden Springer's readiness to play now? If he's still a sixer, of course, there's a giant trade that still has to happen, but uh, if he's on the roster, what do you think is his ability at such a young age to play minutes right away on a good team? I I mean, I'll say first again, like uh, Seth Parnow is his great piece from the athletics today, like outlining um the idea that any rookie can help you right away is almost never true. Like just it's fact rookies that are almost always bad, like just net negatives versus even Tyrese Max, who all I loved, like was like, you look at every impact metric was just bad. Like for, and Tyrese did struggle with certain things like doc pointing out, like he was the worst defender on our team for a bit. His lack of a shot was hurting at the time. It's like, he can play as much. Like it was just very, usually the rookies who are like top half, like, very good players as rookies like it's why they're so special like when Luka Doncic came in the league he was like already a top 50 player that's how you know how amazing it is it's like wow that's not supposed to happen so I would say like as much as I love Jared Butler and I definitely could say what you're saying that he might be like a better player than Jaden Springer right now it's just almost if your idea like we talked about the Sixers making a trade like in trading away Ben Simmons obviously like that's how you get better now is either for free agency or the trades the draft is about maybe like because, like, your young core does matter. And Jaden Springer, like, I mean, Jaden Springer is so, so freaking young. Like, I know I'm the youngest guy here, and I have about two years on Jaden Springer. Actually, probably close to a year and a half. I think he's closer to 19. Yeah, don't make me feel old. I'm still also one of the youngest guys here, and I don't want to hear it. No, yeah. Yeah, Jaden, I think uh, – I, I like the pick. I, I just, it's such great value there. Like again, the Sixers, basically Daryl Morey taking a guard who people thought should be uh, taking an SEC guard who is super young, very well liked by a lot of people online and people thought he went way too low, you know? So I, I guess um, this is the draft archetype from now on for the Sixers. Um, uh, Kyle Newbeck, Philly voice uh, added that the Sixers opt to go with Jaden Jaden Springer at 28, who the Sixers are planning to keep for a team source. So yeah, it seems like at least for now, uh, Springer is a guy they see sticking around. Uh, Utah traded the number 30 pick to Memphis per Woj, by the way. So, mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll wrap it up here after Memphis gets that pick. Uh, I know we mentioned it. Uh, so do you guys think Jaden Springer is a high upside handsomeness pick and as someone, he has not turned 19 yet. So if you guys don't want to answer, I understand. <laughs> I'm 22. So if you need a, a uh, an opinion of someone 
in the uh, almost college age. Let me let me look in. Um, hey, I'm just gonna stick with the theme of calling everyone handsome tonight. There uh, we go. I feel great about it. Uh, I and think the- that I think that we're all kings and we're all queens, and that we just need to embrace how you know we're all we're all good looking people are out here around here so uh disagree yeah. um we have a, oh. another pick wow memphis <laughs> that is not nice memphis is taking uh santi aldama with pick 30. uh santi is a guy i didn't get to watch um i've heard some like some good opinions on me he's a very tough guy to gauge because i think he was a pretty well-liked prospect but he played at loyola maryland in the patriot league so his it's like one of those things you're like, yeah, he dominated the competition, but it's kind of hard to tell what exactly that's happening there. Uh, but yeah, um, I think this is a very good thing. Like, I, I definitely think it's surprising that some of these guys like Sharif and Jared Butler fell to the second round, but I think Springer's just like, Springer's, Springer's good. And he's, again, so young. You just replenish that young core again. The Sixers just, I mean, it's Daryl Morey's whole thing about, you know, like asset accumulation, like keeping the process going, like not get taking value where there's chances. Like, the Sixers basically took two guys. Everyone agreed on they shouldn't have fallen that far. So Dan, yeah. what do you think about Dan? What do you think about? So we have fifty, we have fifty-three, and you know, what do you think about the chances of you know trading up? I know that that you know you still like Sharif, you still like Butler, um, and like the chances of trading up, trying to land one of those guys, whether it's like the late thirties, the mid thirties. What do you think? Sharif is good enough. I probably would still do, but honestly, at this point, it's much more likely, and I'm probably smart to just. It's another small guard and a team with a lot of small guards. I mean, Sharif's six four; he's not tiny, but Sharif obviously doesn't have a ton of size. And this is a team that needs a size, some stretch. Like I said, the stretch four off the bench to kind of replace the Mike Scott role they didn't have this last year when Mike kind of fell off. So again, like I've said it before, like Kessler Edwards, if he's still there at fifty, take Kessler Edwards. That pick um, Isaiah Livers out of Michigan, a guy I think again, size and shooting with some, and not just captain shoot shooting, like versatile shooting, can shoot off of movement. Uh, Sam Hazard out of Virginia, very good shooter on the move, like has some very, very clear physical limitations, but Hauser can like just unbelievable shooter. So betting on shooting and size picks 50, 53, and 53. Like if there's a guy there who crosses those check marks, is like over 6'6 six, six and can hit threes in a decent number of ways and hits them at a good rate, like take that guy. Do we have any other thoughts here before we wrap up? Because I think we've we've gone on for about three hours now to, through this draft. No, I mean, I guess my last thought is, I mean, how do you think, like, you know, we still obviously the draft isn't over. We still have 50-53, but assuming there's no huge moves to be made, you know, we've we've take we've used our first round pick, which was not entirely expected. Assuming, you know, that Jake Fisher's reporting is to be fully believed, which is that Beal's kind of agreed upon deadline to request a trade was by now, and it didn't happen. Um, you know, say Dame becomes available in the future, how well set up are we compared to coming into the draft to make a move towards Dame, considering, you know, the picks we made, the picks we still have, and, you know, what they might want? Well, I think that's a great point you're saying because, like, either a team wants Tyrese Max, say, like, the Portland, like, they either want Tyrese Maxey, and then you have Springer as your quote of young guard with a lot of talent replacement, or maybe Portland wants Jaden Springer and you hang on to Tyrese Maxey. Like, you know, again, just like, I think the Sixers got a very valuable player with this pick. 
it's like the way to put it. And that's just, that's a good, that's a great process. Like there are other teams where it feels like, you know, maybe the Spurs are right. And Josh Primo ends up being a great player. They could have gotten him way past 12. I'm pretty sure. So it's just like value wise, like, what are you doing there? Whereas the Sixers basically got as much, like I said, got as much value out of this pick as they could have relative to the board. Yeah. It's just that they're more make smart decisions. Like there's not, not a ton of other ways to put it. <laughs> They, they have tons of options no matter who they try to trade for. So, like, if they wind up trading Springer away, then that means you keep either uh, Matisse or Maxi. And if you trade one of those guys, then you still have an up-and-comer in Springer who's, like, comparable defensively to Matisse. So it's like, how, how do you lose that? Yeah, I think this is just, why I love having this is why I love having Daryl as my president of basketball operations. Two Liberty Ballers draft live streams in a row and two smart Daryl Morey first round picks in a row. Uh, and again, we'll see what happens with 15 and 53. Maybe they hit on it like they hit with Isaiah Joe and Paul Reed. They did last year. So far, all good track record. Uh, I think we're gonna wrap it up here. Uh, thank you so much for watching with us. If you have been commenting along, it's been a lot of fun. Uh this is again will come out as a talking about podcast very soon. So enjoy that. Uh, for everybody here at Liberty Ballers, I'm Daniel Olinger, and you have been listening to me, Sean Kennedy, Dan Volpone, Tyler Monahan, Steve Lipman, Adio Royster, Emily Cannell, Tom West. Uh, oh shoot, Harrison was on here too. Harrison Grimm. I think that's everyone. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. We will all talk to you next time. Hey guys. Good seeing you guys. Later. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.